Tara. I'm Ryan. We love Disney movies. So we decided to watch them all, from Snow White to Encanto and beyond. Each episode, we'll watch a different Walt Disney Animated Studios film and tell you all about it. Did we like it? Does it hold up? Who's our favorite hero? Or villain? We'll give you history and fun facts about each movie. And sometimes we'll invite our friends to watch along with us. So put on your tiara. Or your evil crown. And join us on our adventure. This is Taryn Ryan's Princess Diaries. Listeners, hello, hello. We are back and we have another wonderful episode for you. And I teased that, well, we teased that we had another guest in our Mighty Ducks episode, but I wouldn't let Ryan share the name because he said we had a great returning guest, but I wanted to keep you guessing who it might be. Are you, are you guessing who it might be? Um, if you've heard, if you've if you've listened to an episode recently, you'll recognize that laugh. Uh, Leanne is back. Hello, Leanne. Hello. Yay. We are here today for 2019's Raya. The 2021's. La- 2021's. I don't know why I said 2019. Um, 2021's Raya and the Last Dragon. One I'm excited about because this is our first one that we've done and we're doing again as a full episode yeah so we did a mini tale when it first came out which you should definitely listen to it's just our reactions i have like a little synopsis of what we said in that i don't know that we need to go through it um but we just kind of gushed on it when after watching it we really enjoyed it and you know we'll go into what we enjoyed about it this watch through for sure in a little bit but we did compare a lot of things to Moana which is fun because Leanne was on the Moana episode so it is kind of fun (laughs) with the hair and the technique and the attention to detail like there's a lot of similarities there in the sense of just like how stunningly gorgeous and like beautiful and at one point when she hugs Sisu I know I'm diving right in but like the individual hairs on the dragon are like oh they're so good we can't you know we've talked about doing a live episode before and for a while I was like we should do Tim Burton's Alice in Wonderland we need to do a movie that we love because I think it's if we if we do a live episode people will get the us watching a movie, one of these movies with us, because we'll just yell, "Look at those rocks!" Like we'll yell, yeah, like, yeah. "Like look at something that's like so random." Uh-huh. Like it looks real. Um, we'll just scream that at the at a Disney movie. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so yeah, sounds like a wonderful theory. Your experience with uh, us. <laughs> um. I'll dive into my expectations with Ralph. Um. Now, Leanne. Normally, I ask, "Why did you?" Um want to do this this movie with us we asked you specifically to do it um you are a filipino woman a filipino american woman and so some of it was us kind of being like wanting to know you know obviously we're not asking you to represent all of southeast asia as this is a like kind of pan southeast asia (laughs) asian um movie and in my research and we learn like Wow, it's such a very, you know, I've been to some of these places. I've been to Thailand, Malaysia, and Vietnam, and it's interesting how different they all are in in, in, in those respects. But I wanted to ask you, um, have, have you seen this before? You've seen this before last night, right? I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah. In 2021, it was like, <laughs> we were starved <laughs> for content. Yeah, it right. It was like, this movie comes out, let's all watch it. How how what are your thoughts on it then now what are your thoughts on it as someone of 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 southeast asian descent, descent and their uh how how they've did you feel properly represented were you excited you know 
Yeah. Uh, so when the trailer came out, I was immediately interested because uh, she pulled out the, uh, I believe they're called like our niece, like the Screama, the mm -hmm. Filipino stick fighting, <laughs> the mm -hmm. dual sticks. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because like, that's something I was familiar with because my dad would like, he's really excited about martial arts, you know, growing when I was growing up, he would like talk to me about all that stuff. We'd watch action, uh, action martial arts movies together. So like, I, I immediately recognized those uh, sticks because he was just like, oh yeah, you know, the Filipino fighting style with the dual sticks. So I was just like, wow, oh, cool. They, they already started, uh, you know, um, showing uh, representation of all these different Southeastern Asian cu cultures, which is kind of, in my opinion, rare in general media, mm -hmm. uh, general pop culture media. Usually you see a lot of um, Japanese, Chinese, uh, maybe Korean, but not so much, uh, you know, among the Southeast Asia area so like the islands and stuff so and there's definitely uh, there's influences all across that continent but you know when you start looking into the specifics of it there's a lot of really cool stuff like you saw ryan when you were traveling so mm -hmm. um it's pretty neat to see that uh being represented in a disney movie so i with in the trailer when she pulled out those sticks i was so so excited i was like oh gosh she's gonna, they're already like looking into specificity in these different cultures yeah yeah I, that I, was i was just gonna say i'm impressed like i have a whole thing on the martial arts and uh like of course you know we're <laughs> we, before we started um yesterday when we were talking about like hey getting together listeners we started sending uh <laughs> basically youtube videos of uh white people being stupid about Southeast Asian cultures. And we'll put those up because they're pretty funny. It was like a scene from um, King of the Hill where their neighbor is uh, Laotian. And they're like, essentially, are you Chinese or Japanese? And then he's like, Laotian. They're like, you're from the ocean? Like, and they don't understand. He's like, it's a country between Thailand and, and or the other place. He's like, but it's like, there's 4 million of us, you know, like talking about this whole thing. And you sent the same thing where it was like, if people responded to white people in a similar way of like where are you from and like ohio no like where are you from where are your people from yeah That's i guess the, london the and it was like yeah. tip tip cheerio like and doing that <laughs> so thing. good that one was, was so good i really, not seen like, that one funny yeah uh, that that video like it kills me because like it, it is exactly what the experience is like i remember uh when i was a little kid like it's like where are you from or even like when i was older it's like where are you from and i'm like oh i'm from new jersey where are you really from and then i'm like oh my parents <laughs> Immigrated here from the Philippines, and then they're like, "Aha, you know, I know someone yeah. who's Filipino. Like they, they got the you, Do yeah, like John? they got you, like, right? Yeah. Like yeah. I knew uh -huh. I was right. Like I knew you weren't white. Well, I mean, there's a couple things that give that away, but thanks. Like <laughs> that's interesting because I I wonder if it's like okay. So again, having been in Southeast Asia, anything I could identify in this movie that I knew, I would get like real proud and preening about it of like there's a whole thing i remember very specifically about you know when i was there for school it was um it, i went to australia for a semester and first you went through a month through southeast asia and um it the the step up as they walked into the holy temple i thought was an interesting thing because they one of our first guys goes do you know why there's that big step up to go in and it's because you have to look down to make sure you don't trip and that's their way to make non-believers bow their head as they go in. 
Oh, that's so cool. Which I think is so like, we got gotcha. you. Like, I love yeah. it so much. Yeah. So I remember the first time we saw it, I was like, ooh, Tara. And like as a white person, like uh, with a different culture being like, mm, I knew this. So I feel like that's somebody when they're going like, you know, I'm not the typical white person. I knew you were Filipino. It's like, all right, buddy. Great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but going going back to when you were saying, you know, getting excited to see like these stories being told and, and you know, different, very sp- specific things being mentioned from the cultures one thing we mentioned in the mini tale was we were just so excited I think one of the things we loved about this is we're used to the what is it the European storytelling Mm -hmm. like like that culture and that even when it's made up like Game of Thrones right like we know what that looks like but this was so fascinating because we were like I hope they tell more stories in this world like I yeah. want more stories of Kumandra like what happens now that they're all together or maybe we just get a story of one of the one of the sections or the kingdoms or I can't remember what they're called but you know when mm-hmm. when they're divided like it would be there's I feel like there's so much there that they could do and for for us it was really exciting because it's like okay you're not telling the same story or the same kind of characteristics so you know I know it doesn't speak to us in the same way it speaks to you but it was for us really exciting to be like this is interesting like I want I want more stories of other people's cultures like even if it is a fictional world that you're influenced by or tell us a Tell us an, a non-fictional story based on a real place, too, you know? And I think Disney is doing a little bit more of that, but I'd love for them to even go further with it. Yeah, and I, I completely agree. Like, the world was so, like, beautiful and so lush. And yeah. just the, like, the way they represented each of the different body parts, I guess, of the dragon, like spine, mm-hmm. talon, yeah. bang, and all that. Like, I, I would love to see more stories with each of them in Mm -hmm. it and uh it was funny because like i i was like well i was watching it with carl last night and um re-watching it i mean and i would see like all these different it's just the environment i think that really spoke to me a lot because Mm -hmm. i'd look at it and just be like oh yeah i was like carl like do you remember because when i was uh right before um you know i was in my second trimester i think uh we went to the philippines right before ben was born and I was like, Carl, like, you need to go visit the Philippines. Like, um, he's never visited Asia before. So I was just like, this is the perfect opportunity. We could stay with my aunts. You know, they Mm -hmm. live over there in Cebu. And um, it's one of those things where when we were there, like, my my relatives were, like, super excited. So they took us sightseeing. And there was this place called uh, Bohol. It's kind of, like, super uh, rustic in that you see, like, lots of rolling green hills they even have the chocolate hills over there they're all brown and and then um lush forests and like super like like you know big like uh expanses of tropical land and Mm -hmm. looking at uh kamandra it's like the same and i I love that they managed to capture that lushness um Mm -hmm. that tropical feeling that wasn't uh, you know, you look at Milan, it's a different kind of tropical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but this one, like, you could feel the humidity. <laughs> it's like, which is like, I, d- I don't know about you, Ryan, like when you visited, uh, you know, Vietnam or, you know, any of those places, like, it's just hot and humid. Yeah. Um, Vietnam, and, uh, like, especially, I remember yeah. that. Yeah. And it's one of those things where the seasons are like wet and wetter. 
Um, so <laughs> but I appreciated that. I appreciated like the look and feel they captured. It was very specific to like that area. The, yeah. the, the variant of it was interesting to me. My favorite was Spine, just because I, I, you know, it's the big meaty warriors like with they had their big giant warriors with big axes. Brah! Like everybody else felt like when she's describing them, they're like, you know, ooh, they're they're agile and blah blah blah. And these guys are just like, ah, like their fighting styles just run at it with axes. Um, but also the like red forest, but with snow was like so interesting to me. And like, mm-hmm. I remember when when I was in Thailand, we went up to the, the like close to the Burma border, uh, oh, not yeah. too close. But there was a uh, tribe of people we stayed with, um, the Karen tribe, which I always thought was funny because it's spelled like my mom's name. Oh, is it? Oh, okay. And uh, <laughs> they, it was cold. Like, it was really funny because it was four, you know, four boys in like, boys, we're all 21, in like 2003. So all of us pretty liberal in general now. It's Blake, Travis, this guy, you don't know Jeff and me. Mm. And but like mm. it was so cold that we didn't have enough stuff like none of us at all. We were, we were like all huddling and like <laughs> holding on to each other and just being like we were not prepared for the cold. We did not know this. This is oh, also cold yeah. around here. Um, but like uh, it was just so funny because we were all like I did not know it would be cold in Asia. And they're like, yes, we have many climates here in the other part of the world. We are not, you know, <laughs> yeah, dis- Epcot, <laughs> Epcot centers. Uh, Southeast Asia, where it's yeah, just the, like yeah. every you know, it's the, that of the world showcase was like they were all just like, yes, dum dums. There, it also yeah. gets cold here. Well, um, but I, I that's so like, I think seeing that in this other tropical environment, the the snow and the red, while uh, beautiful colors, is also, um, just you know, indicative of of the many different lands that are in this that are you know the varied places in this 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 region of the world yeah and kumandra is inspired by we've mentioned a lot of them already um a lot of the countries but thailand vietnam cambodia the philippines laos laos Laos, malaysia indonesia and this last one i don't know how to say myanmar yes thank you myanmar i don't know that i would have said that just off the top of my head so thank you myanmar is I think it just became Myanmar and it was something else. Is Burma on there? I didn't have Burma, but that doesn't... I think Burma is now Myanmar. Okay. Yeah, I think that's right. Is that correct? I I don't know exactly, but yeah. (laughs) That would be a Dana question. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she would. Yeah. But a couple things I wanted... I think you don't want to travel to Burma and Myanmar. At least that was the case when I was in Thailand. Probably not. I was going to say, like, there's a lot of political strife and all these different places, especially, yeah, Myanmar is really bad. Um, so it, mean, it makes me wonder why, like, you know, maybe that's a large part why these places haven't really rose to um, pop culture as much, you know, like mm. um, just because of all the stuff going on. Well, it's similar to like Aladdin and Agrabah. It's like, that was like the Middle East. And there's like very different cultures there that, you know, like Aladdin, while a wonderful movie is, you know, not necessarily the most like representative in like, Oh, I can see myself in this character and I'm different than that character. And there's another character is just like, you know, whatever. It's like that. I mean, that was Europe for a long time, you know, was all, anytime you have a bunch of countries in a space like that, that's just, I mean, it's, it's different ideologies. You've got very, very conflicting religions in there. Like, 
Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, there's still there's still actually in the Philippines. There's a lot of religious strife in some yeah. of the other islands. I, I feel like um, in general, like, and I'm not speaking for all the places, but um, at least like I knew for a while with the Philippines, like they were. I mean, there's over a thousand islands, so even there, that disjointedness uh, wasn't really helpful for when it came to people trying to conquer them all the time. I'm sorry. Um, there are a thousand islands in the Philippines. There's yeah, there's like I think it's like fourteen hundred. I mean, I think um, wow. I got to be honest. I didn't know there were a thousand islands. Like <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah. Now you know, I, I admit I didn't even know until I did like a middle school report on it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, as far as like, we, are they all inhabited or is it just nah. okay? So it is yeah. so so some are like more I would imagine more populated than others or not at all depending yeah. on like how big or like living conditions or or whatever. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So like, there's um, varying degrees, and then um, you know, there's now I feel a lot of growing uh centers that are you know for a while it was just uh it was a variety of like it, it's a scattering of people but you know you have like power centers in the north the middle and the south and uh each of these different places and cities are now growing even a middle class which is really impressive uh yeah i have to say like there when i went long long time ago i when i was in middle school i think um there's there's like a lot more poverty and everything and while there's still uh poverty now um i feel that the um the, it used to be just like you're either really poor or you're really rich there's quite a divide mm. now it's it's like this growing middle class because of all the outsourced work and um you know like there, there were so many call centers actually that were being built in cebu and that whole area was just so built up from when i last remembered like 10 years ago I was I was really impressed. And I mean, even just keeping in touch with my relatives, like I have cousins over there and, you know, every like it, everything looks, you know, like everything's growing really well there that I, I'm I was pretty impressed by. Uh, yeah, that growth from the time I last visited as a middle schooler versus like as an adult. Mm -hmm. um, have you only been yeah. twice? Um, I've been I think I've only been three times, okay. uh, but the. The first time I went, I was like maybe four or five. So pretty young. <laughs> you don't remember yeah. much. Yeah. Well, and do you mind me? Do you mind me asking, are they American citizens now? And how like when did that like did that happen at the same time for both of them? Or did they decide to do it? Yeah. So um, they they both got uh, citizenship status, I think, when I was around 11 or 12. Oh, OK. Or, or maybe a little younger, maybe 10, somewhere around there, because I remember yeah. <laughs> I remember part of it was um, they had to be quizzed on the American government. Yeah, there's so many facts and things. And then it's like then you basically have to just answer like one yeah, question. It feels like, it feels like, like going on USA Jeopardy. It's yeah, like you do all it's this like, study, And then it's they like, ask you like three, three yeah. questions or something. And then, yeah, you're done. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember how their tests were, like if they were hard or not, because I, I never thought as a 10 year old maybe to ask them. But yeah. I remember quizzing them because uh, they're just like, hey, quiz me on these presidents, quiz me on these things. And at the same time at school, I was learning about the American government in elementary school. So it was kind of like we were both like, you know, having the same material to remember for tests, which yeah. is kind of funny. <laughs> Um, but I have to say, like, they know a lot more about the American government than I think I, re I retained from school um, mm -hmm. before even they had to do their citizenship test, because I feel that um, there's a lot of interconnectedness in uh, 
history between the Philippines and the U.S. that, you know, they were just like, oh, yeah, you know, when this guy was president, when this guy was president, this is what was happening over mm. here during World War Two, you mm. know. So, like, my my parents have, like, a really, like, a really good handle on um, U.S. history and, and pop culture, particularly, uh, yeah. because that, that made it pretty far um, around the world. Yeah, so, and then they, they're yeah. able to connect, like, this happened and so that's what was going on and like yeah connecting it all that way yeah yeah there you know the american occupation during world war ii particularly had a lot of like connection with my family um like my uh grandfather was like sneaking food to the american pow's during world war ii um mm. because like their town was their town in the philippines was like a japanese uh it was overrun by japanese like uh, soldiers and stuff mm. so there's like a lot going on there um, but yeah, there's like a lot of like, yeah, stuff going on with us and the Philippines that, uh, even English was a pretty well-known language when they were younger, they taught it in school. Oh, okay. Which is probably why like call centers. And, yeah. <laughs> and well, a lot and also, of, like, yeah. When you're of saying, yeah, one of the way, like a, an easier way for work visa as a nurse, it's like, well, if you're also, if you're bilingual, like that's super helpful. I feel like here in the United States. So that also like makes sense if you're working in like healthcare and like yeah. getting a work visa and stuff. So that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's a huge deal. I mean, I remember when I was a kid, like my parents were very set on not teaching me Tagalog because they were just like, well, you're an American and, you know, we don't want you to have the accent and all mm. this stuff. But it was kind of funny because, um, you know, I, I kind of noticed <laughs> in like in videos um, when we were kids, like home movies, we still ended up having to go through speech therapy um, because I was going to say we the sp- accent is like you're going to pick that up from how your parents speak parents, English exactly. as well, right? Yep. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So you watch the home movies, and when we were like four or five, it was still you know you could still see it and hear it, and I was like, oh yeah, I mean, I guess that makes sense. You're still surrounded, uh, you know, by that, like you're saying, Ryan. Mm-hmm. Like so, we still had to go through speech therapy and everything, and they would ask us, oh, do you speak Tagalog at home? Because our speech therapist, uh, she was she was Filipino, which was pretty rare in Bayville. <laughs> so, yeah, I would say, yeah. Yeah. yeah so um, she was asking my mom and my mom's like, no, no, no. Like they, they speak English at home. And she's like, oh, OK, all right. Is that the only is that is I, I know is, is is that the native language of the Philippines or are there multiple yeah, there's multiple. I'm guessing since dialects. it's a thousand islands, there's got to be a different. Yeah, yeah. Going back to that disjointedness, um, I think it was only like, I mean, they. It took a while for them to kind of to unify under one language, mm-hmm. and uh, it was because they had multiple dialects, and there's still multiple dialects to this day. And it's not even like a different pronunciation of a word. It's not like you know a southern accent versus a New Jersey accent. It's completely different words, completely yeah. different languages. Mm. So like my mom and dad, they can also speak Basaya, which is like the middle area, like Cebu and all those, um, the, all those grouping of islands. Um, they're they're kind of they're called the Basaya. So like they can speak that dialect. But then if you go north to Luzon, where like Manila is, it's like a different one. South, there's a different one in uh, Mindanao. So it's funny because. Um, if my parent, so my parent, my mom grew up in Cebu. My dad was originally from the north in Manila, but then they moved, his family moved to Cebu when he was a kid. If they never moved to Cebu, they wouldn't have been able to speak Bisaya and then like, you know, talk 
They would, I mean, they, they to communicate with one another. Yeah. 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 Cause like, I mean, they do use Tagalog and even now, like, you know, my relatives and everyone, they use Tagalog, but you'll, you'll see it. Like they'll, they'll switch modes sometimes and it just helps, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't worry because ladies, the language of love is universal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also curious yeah. too. It was that a way that they could like not talk about you kids but like would they go into oh, like these kids are the worst yeah <laughs> like, like would the student want you guys to hear something or whatever um, they would just like go like go into it and i'm sure it also was like it's just what they're used to conversing with each other is in that yes. language so i'm sure it would happen like accidentally but i wonder if it was purposeful too uh i love that you brought that up because it totally it totally turned into that, whether yeah. or not that was intentional or not. Like, um, it was funny because whenever Christmas rolled around, then oh. all of a sudden we never like would hear anything about where they were going, where they were shopping, what, <laughs> what they were up to, because yeah. it was all in Tagalog. And then eventually, I mean, we started like, I think part of it is we we do uh, absorb the words, you mm -hmm. know, so I feel yeah. that we may have a better understanding of the language than we think just because we're surrounded by our parents switching between English and Tagalog at home yeah. all the time. And um, it's really funny. Uh, like my one cousin, so he knows Tagalog and Visaya because he grew up over, over in Cebu. And he even mentioned how like, it would be like something where his parent, his mom would switch from like, English to go to, to Tagalog and then sometimes Basaya trying to like lose him in yeah. the language you know, so, he could, <laughs> so he could talk about him you know uh -huh, like, uh -huh. and then oh, he'll be like sweet. I still understand I still get it you know? <laughs> that's funny yeah. I, I just want to point out to our listeners that um Leanne came onto this call saying I don't know if I'll be prepared to what I'll be prepared to speak about uh, so uh, this is just me also reinforcing Leanne. Don't worry, because that was all really <laughs> wonderful, wonderful stuff. And just okay. fascinating. Just, yeah. Yeah. And, and thank I you feel for like sharing. we could do another yeah. hour just on like, tell us more stuff about your life. But yes, let's go into the movie for a little bit here. So, uh, uh it was just to, to give this, it was nominated for best animated film, but it was up against Flea, Mitchell's versus the Machines, mm -hmm. Luca and Encanto. So, oh, so Encanto is wow. what won, yeah. but I remember when we saw this, we were like, oh, it's going to win. And it was before I think all those other ones came out or maybe Mitchell said come out then. I don't remember the order. I, I will say uh, rewatching this, like seeing this first and then seeing Mitchell's and seeing Encanto and then even seeing Flea, which I thought was fascinating, yeah, but Flea a very different movie for yeah. us. Um, I then I, I, it kind of put this movie down in my in my estimation, and then rewatching, I was like, "Oh, this is a really yeah. good movie." Yeah. Um, twenty twenty one in film is a very weird year. We've been talking about lately how every time I bring up the top ten, it's always Disney, 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 Disney. This is the first year where there's not there's only two Disney on here for mm. a while because the top three are in in uh, reverse order: Hi Mom, The Battle of Lake Changin which I'm sure I'm pronouncing incorrectly, and Spider-Man No Way Home. Those last two being predominantly, I believe, Chinese uh, movies because they were still putting those out and people in China were going to movies. So mm. they almost made, again, we were very starved for stuff. Those are two movies that made over $800 million. Okay. So then after that is when we see No Time to Die, Fast Nine, then Detective Chinatown Three. It's it's just interesting to me that it, it you know, 
not to say this is the silver lining to COVID, but like it really changed up the the top ten. You know, broke kind of a monopoly when last year we were talking. You know, we we're Where talking Disney about, owned all the like, properties that were in the top ten. Yeah, basically, yeah. Twenty nineteen Frozen two that we had that top ten. It was like Disney, 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 Sony, Disney, 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 Sony, Disney. You know, yeah. <laughs> that was pretty much it. A couple of things I want to tell you guys about the crew. Um, lots of uh, you know. Asian people in the crew, specifically some Southeast Asian people. Both of the writers were Southeast Asian. The head of uh, story was Southeast Asian. There was an all-female technical leadership team hmm. uh, oh. with the tech supervisors and the associate tech supervisors, with the, the people making sure essentially the, the 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 tech people are getting everything they need. There was a Southeast Asian story trust, similar to uh, the. Uh, Pacific Story Trust we talked about at Moana. However, I tried to dive more into that. It was hard to find stuff because the story of this movie very quickly became, or at least a lot of stuff I saw, how much of this was done from home. Yes. Yeah. Because they had to, they had to shift. I mean, it was obviously delayed. I think it was pushed back because of everything with COVID, but in the end credits in our um, mini tale, I read it word for word. So I won't do that here, but the end credits, over 400 households came together via the internet and 42 babies were born and they celebrate all of them in the end credits too. <laughs> That's a little bit of a misleading thing because there oh. were 450 artists that worked on this. So that means that parts of the movie were on 450 computers, which is Funny because I feel like that's just how our industry works now. Yeah, end, you know, like, but at the time, the, the idea of that being a Disney movie for some t- reason gives me anxiety. It's like when we were talking about the Frozen Two uh, making of, where they were like eleven months to Frozen Two, and I'm like, none of this movie is made. How do you put a Disney movie together in eleven months? Like, it made me like insane. And then I'm like, I if you told me it was a game, I'd be like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But like for some reason, this is Disney movie. You hold freaky. Disney was, to a higher standard. Yeah, and I now guess. I'm starting these last two things. I've been like. They're just like us, um, but like, <laughs> yeah. uh, the, so so the movie was on four hundred and fifty computers. Now, do you know the Toy Story two? This I, I'm sharing something from our future, future, future Pixar series. Do you know the Toy Story two series uh, story about how they almost lost Toy Story two? Yeah, I don't. Know. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. Tell tell parents some good. like an artist or someone had brought had a backup copy, mm-hmm. and like. Their server server went down, or something happened to where they lost the movie, oh. and the only reason that the they didn't have to start from it's scratch is because someone had made a backup, like which I don't think they were supposed to be doing, or like they had done it to bring it home and work on something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was they, like, they probably it, weren't it was also like supposed to do right. at that time period. Yeah, I think it was like one of the producers or something. Yes. She was like she was like, oh, you know, like I happen to have it on my computer. And they were wow. like, you shouldn't do that, but also you just saved this production. Well, and talking about COVID stuff, I watch a lot of behind the scenes uh, extras on Blu-rays and I was recently watching The Godfather and they came out with a new remastered version, but it was during COVID that they were remastering it and the guy took all the film reels, like the original OG film to his home and he was like, yeah, we had to go through like liability and like what happens and like it's the only copy. Oh, yeah. And and it's just like so wild because at first they didn't want him to do it. But then it was like, 
well, this is indefinite as far as we know that we're home, Mm -hmm. that like you can't come into the studio and do whatever. And it's just crazy to think like how everyone pivoted, but also how lots of things could have been lost, how lot. And I'm sure things were lost that we maybe don't hear about, but like how how much like archival stuff then had to be transferred or had to be like moved in a different way. And I don't know about um, Disney, but like in your industry, do you guys back things up differently now, now that you have people work from home? Like, did you notice any changes at all? Or maybe you're not involved in that to know, but like, does any of that work differently? Like, did, I'm, I'm just curious if companies maybe pivoted and then learned from COVID like, oh, we need to have multiple backups or multiple like, sources have this information or whatever if that makes sense i think the way we typically work is and the way this worked for us in COVID is there was a server at work or someplace that we were usually uploading information to to anyway from our workstations at work and so it just became a matter of well how do we do that safely and securely from home i see which was them figuring that out especially the company i worked for at the time was a lot of contract work so we were dealing with our own safe, our own security standards and the security standards of the other companies we were working on, which could be pretty high depending on who they were. Mm. Yeah. And then uh, aside from the security aspect of it, there's a practicality part where it's like, well, now that everyone has varying internet speeds, how do you possibly download the depot onto your computer? Yeah. Like it takes forever if you have like a slower speed to mm-hmm. pull a whole game project if mm-hmm. you needed to like you know, work or even grab all the source files, you know, for work, you know, like, so it it became this question of like, you know, does IT take your machine and load it up full of files and then hand it to you? And then you could kind of start from there. Or how do you like start from a blank PC and try to pull all that secure information quickly onto your computer? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I'm curious, like with the animation department, do you think that they were doing backups like at Disney in some way, shape or form, so they talked, like if they had like a server or something, they talked a little bit about it because they said, you know, this is a little bit of it. You lived through it via me. Yeah. So I'm trying to explain it for people who may not have had people in the tech industry. You know, we all went through the whole work from home COVID thing, but like it meant bringing home a whole workstation. Like we went from, you know, we didn't have a tower in the house. Like I had a laptop that I just used. We just, I, I didn't game on a PC. I didn't do all that. And we had like a, we have a full setup in that corner. Yeah. We were set up Things in the like bedroom that. for a long time and we're like, okay, this is now a permanent thing. This needs to be yeah, out of the bedroom. Used to be like, oh, we'll just do it. For, <laughs> uh, yeah. Cause that was a big thing. And the thing was they would do quotes from people in this uh, behind the scenes I saw of like, you know, just the working progress and stuff like that. But one of the quotes was, we thought this was going to, we'll be, we'll be back to work in three weeks. And it was credited to everyone. Yeah. And they, one of the things that happened was, they didn't have, the, you know, they had to bring workstations home, but apparently they had done a lot of it for the artists in general because sometimes you would do a render and it would take a while and then you'd be at home and you'd want to check it. Yeah. And then if something had happened wrong, you do, you know, before like a director review or something, mm. you would do some fixes and then start the render again and go to bed. So that helped. They did the whole thing. Going back to what I said about how there were 450 artists and the movie was spread out, 450 artists, there were 900 plus employees working on this project that includes 
IT, you know, people coming in. You know, yeah. I, I never thought about Disney IT. And they did a short little thing with the IT section where it was a woman who sounded like she had just been through the ringer. She was a little well, like, I'm we sure- had to do all this stuff with, with workstations. And oh, <laughs> like she just, it just sounded like yeah. she was just like, had all this pressure built up. And they're like, I'm do you sure- want to talk about it? And she was like, oh, I would love to talk to someone about it. I haven't been able to see a therapist, you know. It's, yeah. <laughs> just like this I'm sure woman. her IT before, <laughs> before COVID and after COVID, her job description probably looked a lot yeah. different. Yeah. I will also say, yeah. Was, <laughs> I, I hope she got like a huge raise or and or promotion. Yeah. yeah. I also say what was interesting about all the um making of stuff for this movie was you see the shift from everything being like woman sitting in chair with an interviewer looking off and the cameras like this to just plain old zoom footage of people looking just straight down the barrel and be like yeah we're working here from home and like they've set up the office because that was another thing do you remember like when covid started and everyone was like my kids are playing behind me i knew people who like behind them was their oven because they're like the best place they're in the kitchen kitchen. yeah because that's where my internet is strongest yeah now people have like it's like twitch it's like you really think about what someone can see behind you and things like that in meetings sometimes and i feel like more people have what uh leanne has here and if leanne we were doing it for mine where it's like there's all my star wars posters and like uh-huh. you've got like frame stuff and little figurines like everyone like it's 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 a statement in some cases of like this is my work yeah. area and all that stuff and it, it, it like i said i think all disney moving forward stuff there's going to be a lot of straight down the barrel footage there was a whole thing they do on the disney plus thing where it's Kelly Marie Tran and a bunch of the thing the guy the people get together and they ordered a bunch of Southeast Asian food and they all ate it together and talked about it. It's like a twenty minute thing on Disney Plus. Well, you and also, it's all, oh. but it, but it's like a Zoom thing where it's that Brady Bunch, like yeah. nine people all in, in in squares talking. Well, another thing you mentioned while we were watching it, which I think goes great here, is how Aquafina when she had oh. to record her lines. So that from was home. A, that was another thing is they got all the, yeah all the so all of a sudden all these voice actors have to turn or in this case just actors like voice actors, I think in general people who do primarily voice acting like have a setup had a setup or were like oh i've been meaning to make a setup or like understand this so they had to do all this stuff so they got everybody daniel day kim had apparently a very quiet house like they the 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 kid who plays boone like was like this is my closet my mom helped me with and he's got all this like (laughs) sounds jammy stuff aquafina was like i don't know where to do this she's like i don't really have anywhere and they're like we're gonna send you a tent so they have like a tent you start you build that's like really thick sound dampening stuff like like material it looks like duvet like our our comforter oh yeah um and she's like i got a tent but apparently her cat knew when she was about to start reading because she reads stuff so all the time they, they, they said she'd be sitting there and be like okay Raya, we have to. And she's like, God, the cat got in the tent again. Like the cat just kept figuring out ways to get in the tent. Like it was this whole thing. Like yeah. So it's this whole like two minute blooper section of everyone going. Do you hear that car going by? Is that going to be in the thing? And like oh, yeah. Uh, Jenna Jimma Chang, I believe that's her, or maybe Jim Jimma Chan, uh, who plays Numari 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 Numari. Uh, she this whole thing she's like there is a bird outside that is just going insane and like eventually i think she gets up and like <laughs> like shoes it away Get out of here! like you know try like it's just everybody doing all that stuff it's yeah. so funny because it's yeah. like you think of like 
you know the the behind the scenes thing of like Frozen Two, where it's like they're really trying to get this because they you know had a a, a worldwide phenomenon and they want to have this stuff, so they have these like really produced videos of everyone and like uh, Adina Menzel like is getting dressed up to come in and do a couple lines because she knows she's going to be on camera. And then this is just like a weird angle of like Kelly Marie Tran. And she's like, let me show you my setup. And there's like this like boxes and then a monitor. And she's like, that's where I can see the people. And it, it like when she turns it around, it looks <laughs> so janky. Yeah. It's so funny. Like just this it's whole great thing. Though, Cause it's so what reality was in that moment for so many people. So mm-hmm. it is kind of cool that it's like, yeah, it doesn't matter how much money you have or what company you work for. <laughs> everyone was going through it. Like, and, and you were talking mm-hmm. about like issues with bringing down the build and things like that. And internet speeds. Uh, so they're doing reviews and it's like we got to figure out how to do this because even if it's like a frame like they kept going yeah the you can't have out a frame of, off yeah the yeah. audio is out of sync is that my internet is that the, yeah. the this mm. like and so the troubleshooting becomes much more oh, yeah because yeah. It, it, it yeah and they would have like they said they were doing eight hours of zoom meetings and they get out and they're all like why are we exhausted we've just been staring at the computer this whole time like, like, that's why yeah, yeah. and yeah. that's something i learned mm-hmm. in this is like meetings could be exhausting and they would have they started doing this whole thing about like they had this thing where it was a wheel with everyone's name on it every once in a while they just spin it and then someone had to do something on the zoom <laughs> and it'd be like <laughs> sing a song or like play an instrument yeah. and like so they just run around the room and do something real quick and they're like the one guy was like that was i called it the wheel of anxiety because i did not want to do any of those things he's like but mm. they made us do it and it made me feel better and they're talking about like after work happy hours and like things like that that like you know i'm bringing them up because they're things you know, we did in our industry, like we had a whole thing at ours where it was our team came together and had returned in uh, uh, Jeopardy things and our boss wore like a, a tie. This is recently a tie and like, like like a whole, it was really funny because he backed up from the camera and he's wearing shorts, but it was like he was trying <laughs> to look like Alex Trebek and he yeah. was like, which of our employees uh is this and you had to like write it down and hold it up and it was like when they sent it to us i was like this is gonna be really dumb and then like by the end he's like all right we gotta hurry up because we're almost near this hour and we were like no this is really fun <laughs> like you know it's just how do you do those things well like, that's i and that's part of why we started this podcast is like wanting yeah. to connect with people and like you know we started doing zoom happy hours and like trying to connect with Jackbox friends and games. yeah it's just inter- it just like COVID influenced so much in so many ways, both negatively and positively and mostly it, negatively. Let's yes, put that yeah, out yeah. I'm not trying <laughs> We're to not say trying to both sides I'm not trying COVID. to say silver lining. I'm not. I'm not at all. But it's interesting to look at it from each industry, right? And mm-hmm. I feel like this one y'all can relate as closely because it is like similar to what you do. Uh I have some stuff about just like the different um Southeast Asian influences or yeah just like design features let's, and things let's go through it we are taking our time on this one but I, I know make there's, sure. so, there's much so much stuff. it's so uh, uh, yeah. well I have that Namari's costume was designed with sharp edges and harsh shapes and that was to directly contrast Raya's soft colorful clothes mm. so I thought that that was oh. a kind of cool to think about a lot uh, of their clothes uh, appears to be made from Thai silk, which was a big ooh, thing. Well, yeah, I was curious about that. Like, um, and there's also uh, there uh, some of them. The Raya and her father, they're designed after traditional Cambodia outfits. Here we go. First attempt at some uh, pronunciation. Go for it. Sabai and Sampot. Okay. 
so I, I, either people are like, yeah, good, you got it, buddy, or they're like, you idiot. Um, anyway, Raya's hat, Raya's hat was a salicot from the, which is a Philippines hat. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. I I mean, I definitely I don't I didn't know the name for it to be honest. <laughs> yes. Okay. But great. I've definitely seen uh I've definitely seen it before. I wasn't sure if that was like a shared thing or like I mean, it is shared like, like everyone. Some, some of these yeah. are like shared ones, but they use specifically they, they model it mostly. They use a specific that design. One. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah. Like, yeah. I did well, not know that. Chief Binge's mask is a tie mask known as a con mask, mm. which is, or it's it's based off that um that's what i got for clothes okay well the production team i did read that they toured laos cambodia thailand vietnam and indonesia so i also mm. wonder as they toured different areas if they picked up on oh we really like this version of that like like you're saying leanne yeah. if maybe there were different versions of that type of hat and then they and then they picked up on this is visually how we want to represent it or if they they because i do think I do think too they also melded a lot of stuff too, where it was like it wasn't just one thing, but it was influenced by many of these areas, which I kind of find fascinating that they used a lot of the influences. Mm-hmm. Um, but going back to Namari, her facial features were also designed to resemble a cat or a tiger. And Amy Thompson, the art director, in some of her visual development art, she's uh, depicted as having a prosthetic left arm. So I thought it would have been huh. cool if they like left huh. that in. And I'm curious. I don't know if Disney has done a character with a prosthetic yeah. as of yet. Have they? Long John Silver. Oh, a cyborg. yes. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Yes. Uh, the human with a prosthetic, I guess I should say. How dare you. But I hope. I hope they go down that road in the future. Like, mm-hmm. I, I thought that that was kind of interesting that there was like a rendering of her like that. I thought that that was kind of interesting. I wanted to point out real quick, Raya is a Malay word, which means celebration. That's interesting. I Uh-oh. What did you Yours find? is probably right, because you got it from the documentary. I got it somewhere, and I looked it up afterwards. Okay, then I'm not going to say mine. Because, okay. Well, um, in what language? Malay. In Malay. Me. Okay, because I have that it means great in Indonesian. So that could be could potentially be true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I have that it means hibiscus in Malay. So that Abyss? might be a false fact. Interesting. Sometimes my facts, I feel Get like. Get at us if you know the right answer, Yeah, it folks. might be false. Uh, going back to clothes, too. She was the first Disney princess to be, well, this isn't clothes, but I get there, to be a wholly originated character. And she's the first Disney princess where the child and adult is voiced by the same person. Neither mm. one of those are closed facts, but they're in my closed section. I apologize. <laughs> uh, the Here's the closed fact. She's the only princess to not wear skirts or pants since Aladdin. Not wear skirts or dresses. She only wears pants, and that's since Aladdin. Jasmine wears pants, because we kind of had a fact about that in Frozen. You said she was the first queen to wear pants. The queen, yeah. So I thought that that was kind of interesting. I know I kind of like jumbled all those facts out, but there you have, there you go. Um... I've got some stuff about kind of the the uh, the hand gesture that they use, which is like oh, the greeting. Yeah. Uh, is a similar to a greeting called a uh, nop and and lao and y in Thai. Okay, that was something I was really interested and fascinated in when Might we be first way in Thai w a i sorry when we first watched this movie was the attention to detail of not only the world, but like everything within the world, like how they react 
to the folks who have turned to stone and like how they pay tribute. And there's just so much attention to detail of everything where it's like we, the viewer, don't know it, but everyone in the world knows it. And, and I don't know. I just I think they did a really a really fantastic job of making you feel like the world was lived in. Yeah. The Sisu is based off of, uh, or the, and the dragons are based off of Naga, which is dragons that protected the Mekong River in Thailand, or the Bakanawa, which is from the Philippines, who had the power to control rain, wind, and earthquakes. Mm-hmm. Um, I said that like those are things that actually exist. You know what I mean, folklore. Um, <laughs> the Mekong River is a river that runs through a lot of, it, it starts in in China, and it runs through a lot of Southeast Asia. Mm. Uh, where is my list? Uh, Myanmar, Laos, Thailand, Cambodia, and Vietnam. Uh, the Dragon River is inspired by the Mekong. Um, I also, there is a liquor we had in Thailand, I believe, called Mekong that tasted, if you told me they just dredged the river and put it in there. But I was <laughs> newly 21, so we were like, we got to do Mekong. Anyway, um, uh, let's see. Tuk Tuk. Well, her little I, buddy. Oh, go ahead. I read, sorry, I read that her little buddy was, and then became a big buddy, was created out of necessity. So how he came about was because she needed a mode of transportation. Is that you, what you were going to say? No, I thought you were going to say the way she came, he came about is Alan Tudyk needed a job. Oh, that would have been a good joke. <laughs> I know. That would have been a good joke. I missed it's it. I missed like, that. He is just, the fact that, I, I'm curious what his day rate is in this stuff where he's just kind of doing yeah, it as a favor. But I know that the word comes from a mode of transportation. Yes, I've been in a tuk-tuk. Uh have you did they have them in the Philippines? Um that's a kind of like the rickshaw style. It's it's a three-wheeled motorcycle kind of thing where you have the three people <laughs> three Americans uh like probably more people who actually live in that area because we are large people um, can sit in the back and then it's kind of enclosed. I'll post a picture. Oh, on the, on the, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I've seen variations of that. Yeah, um, it's like between that and then uh, there's jeepneys um, all over the Philippines. They're yeah. like old, like decommissioned. Uh, <laughs> well, they kind of started, I think, from like old like uh, vehicles from like like left behind and uh, from World War II, and then they turned into like buses. <laughs> so, and they're really cool. Like if you ever look them up, uh, Jeep Me, which I guess like it came off of Jeeps. I, I don't know if this is true. I, I might, I'm just making guesses. But uh, if you look at them, they're super colorful and yeah. completely opposite of what you would expect of a war vehicle. So it's pretty neat to see yeah. that transformation. Tuk-tuks are typically like all decorated out with like bells and things on them to, to get mm. you to want to get in yeah. one. Um, they, this story will be removed from the podcast, but when I was in Thailand, we had been out at a kickboxing thing and we were all drunk coming back and I, we got, there are nine of us. We got a three tuk-tuks. We had given each person like our card for the hotel we needed to do to. And I held up an American $20 bill and said, whoever gets us there first gets this. So we are screaming th- through at like the highest thing through the Bangkok traffic and oh my I God. thought we were going to die. Like yeah. we were all like, I was like, ha ha, this will cool. be funny. And then it was like, Oh, they were all like, hell yeah. I'm getting that $20 bill. And mm-hmm. It was like, like weaving in and out of traffic. And I was like, everyone was so mad at me. When yeah. we got back. Tuk Tuk's the way you describe them remind me of the, what are they called here? The pedicabs, 
the bicycle. Yeah, it's like a pedicab if it had an enclosed. Yeah, like, here in Austin, anytime there's a music festival or if you're doing anything downtown, it's like a bicycle that has like a little cart attached to it. And so it's for people if they don't want to walk, but they are brazen. They like oh, will yeah. cut you off in traffic if you're a car and, and they go the wrong way down the streets and it's wild. And they're like <laughs> not looking. They're like, are you guys enjoying South by? Like turned around 100% yeah, yeah, when in front it's of cars. South by and ACL is when they're the most wild. Got but. like music blaring. They're the yeah. worst. Um, What else do I got? Do you have the different fighting styles? I do. I've got a whole thing on martial arts. Because we talked about Leanne mentioning the two sticks and how that's based on a Filipino martial art. But then Raya's just her fighting style when she's not using those I read was based on an Indonesian martial Malaysian, art. Malaysian Indonesian called okay. Pinjet Silat. Okay. And then I have Namari's fighting style was based on a Thai style. Muay Thai. Yeah. And Krabi Krabong configuration, which okay. is when she uses her weapons. Uh, yeah, it's it's Arnis from the Philippines or the, the uh, how, how, Ar- Arnis? Arnis? Yeah, yeah. I'm doing my best here. Uh, and then her sword, the sword is modeled after I love that sword. That's so creative. Indonesia, Thailand, Malaysia, the Philippines. Like it's a sword they saw all over the like curvy sword. Now those swords did not extend, extend out. and have a whip and do all that. That was added to add a more fantastical thing to it. But yeah, um, so they had uh, a fight. Uh, Maggie McDonald was their fight choreographer and they had fight uh, stunt women come in and they would choreograph the scenes and then they would film them and that that's the reference and then the pandemic hit and so then it became maggie mcdonald filming herself and going so raya does this and then she would yeah. go to the other side and, go, and then numari does this oh wow and there was one she was doing where there was just a baby in a stroller behind her on one side and i'm like did she just like okay i have to go do this out in a park so i have room or was that her baby it was so clearly her baby. Oh, okay. But okay, I'm just okay. saying it just felt like she was like, so I might as well get my baby out while I do this. Yeah. And then I'll go out here and I'll film these two things. It's just funny to me that she was like, the baby's just in the background, like looking yeah. around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's how this was. It was, we went from like the decorum of work and, and like, the professionalism. And now everyone's like, yeah, I'm a mom and there's going to be a kid behind me. Don't worry about that. I can still do my job. But it was yeah. just, I just thought that was funny. The, the first thing I want, the before we go back into the culture stuff, I need everyone to know that in the scene where they are in the, I believe it's Talon Market, mm-hmm. Hey Hey. <gasps> Leanne, Hey Hey is, is in, in the, the scene and Ryan paused it so I could see it. Did you what? take a picture? You have I, to send it to Leanne. I, I will, let me. Oh my gosh. I'll send it when we do in, so in between So literally stuff, in yes. my notes, I think I have it in all caps. <laughs> hey Hey. It's just but he's standing Ryan, beside Ryan a stall like with a basket quiet. on his head. He and I just go, quiet hold on, until, pause. Oh. She's like, what are you pausing? And I walk up, I go. Hey, hey. It's just his feet. It's just like hey, hey's feet and neck, and then the baskets over the head. Well, it's like when she puts a oh bucket on gosh. his head so he doesn't know he's at sea. Yeah, like, so because yeah. yes. then I was like, does that mean that Moana has traveled there? And Ryan's like, well, Moana's in uh, I was a real, real place I was real, and Kumandra's uh, fictional, and I was like, I want, I want Moana's people to have traveled to 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 Kumandra. I yeah. was like yeah. so into it. But, um, <laughs> So the Talon Market is inspired by the famous Thai floating market called Amphawa. Uh, Fang was inspired by Cambodia's Ang- Angkor Wat, which is like their big a big oh, temple there. Okay. Uh, 
leaving shoes behind before entering a sacred place is a big deal. The mm-hmm. flashbacks that are like, here's what happened 500 years ago are ex- inspired by Wayang Kulit, which is a traditional uh, shadow puppetry originating in Indonesia. Okay. Uh Let's see. They talk a little bit about lanterns being common in Southeast Asia. Uh, Thailand has two flo- lantern festivals, the Loi Krathong, which is the floating lantern festival, and Yipeng, which is the Sky Lantern Festival. There's also Parole in Philippines. Parole, yeah. Which is yeah. during Christmas season? Is Christmas. it associated with yep. Christmas or just the same time? It's it's a Christmas. Uh, I mean, I think, I, th- I, I imagine you could have it other times, but I've seen it all during Christmas. So I, I associate it with Christmas. And uh, when we went, um, when I took Carl to the Philippines, it was actually during Christmas because I was like, Carl, you have to see how Filipinos celebrate Christmas. It's like epic. <laughs> and it's basically like, you know, like how you have like 12 days of Christmas. Like it's kind of like that. They they just go all out for like the time during during Christmas and a little bit beyond. And then they have the lanterns everywhere, the parole. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you even make them yourself too. Like I, when I was a kid, my mom would make them and, uh, we would hang them outside our house. And, uh, it was funny, like Dana used to joke because they would be lit up too. You could put lights behind them yeah. to like illuminate them. And Dana would always joke that it was the Filipino homing beacon. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was like blink, 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 yeah. blink, 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 you know, like that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you, you should totally like look them up. They're so, they can get so ornate. It's really awesome. Um, do you know, uh, uh, this is also another thing from the Philippines, the Bahay Kubo, which is apparently the housing, the houses that they have there, which inspired a lot of the architecture of the houses. Bahai. Oh, Bahai. Bahai yeah, Bahai. You know the Bahai yes. Kubo? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I, I'm trying to think now. What was the... I recognize the word, but it's it's just like the flow. The, some of the houses around, like like the oh. general houses, the architecture is the same. They say they're also yeah. did Thai mm-hmm. architecture in there, so they're a little different. So yeah, uh, yeah, like the the water the water houses. Is yeah. that? Yeah. I I liked okay. uh, Sisu being like, "What a great idea! Build your house on the water." <laughs> just yeah, it. it's so cool though. Like just to see them stilted over water, like mm-hmm. it's. It's really, again, it goes back to that. I mean, even thinking like with Moana, like being linked to the ocean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the spiritual houses in the movie were inspired by Thai spiritual houses by design, but they wanted to make sure that Thai spirit, that people knew that Thai spiritual houses are not, or, or spiritual houses are not unique to Thailand. They're all over Southeast Asia. The Temple of the Heart Tribe is inspired by Muslim temples in Southeast Asia. Oh, interesting. Uh, Indonesia, Malaysia, Philippines, and Singapore, Brunei yeah. are all have Muslim cultures there, which is you know something to remember. Yeah. And this was uh, well, I'll save that for a second. I want to talk about this. Uh, there was a video I watched from a a the the, the channel was called Rice Squad. It's it, it was a uh, Filipino man talking about like he does a bunch of stuff about that things, but he was talking about how he enjoyed the movie. And he was pointing out things like there are approximately 8 million Southeast Asians in the U.S. There are 680 million in the world. So it's approximately 7% of the world. And it doesn't really get like the, sh- the you know, usually the acknowledgement. And, yeah. He, a lot of these uh, facts I got from him. So I wanted to shout out. He has a book, a children's book called The Little Filipino Hero. Eastman, I believe. I may have, it may have. Oh man, I'm gonna double check this. It may have changed it when you typed it. Yeah, yeah. that's a real bummer. But it's it's. A, I will put it up. I'm so sorry for missing that. But if you want to go see 
look up Rice Squad, Raya and the and the Last Dragon, and he will talk about that. And it's avail- The book is available on Amazon. Uh, one more thing. Check I, it out. One more thing I want to point out for uh, uh, to see if I, I for some reason I thought you'd get a, a, a kick out of this. Southeast Asian hospitality is is portrayed in the film, uh, particularly that of Filipinos. Filipinos rank first in Asia and eighth in the world for hospitality. <laughs> Pretty accurate. I will say, uh, I will really say cool. your home was always very welcoming. I feel like your family is always yep. like the more the merrier. <laughs> I feel yeah, like there's something... We, it's all about just like, come on in, come on over, hang out. We don't care for how long. Like, yeah, let's just yeah. all hang out and eat. Stay like, the week. That's fine. Stay the week. Yeah. Here's food. Yeah. Like, my, it's funny whenever, uh, <laughs> this is so funny, like uh, planning out Ben's birthday, um, you know, a little ways ago, his birthday party. And it was like his first actual birthday party because of, you know, like COVID kind enough. of prevent. Yeah, yeah, he's old enough to appreciate it. It's not just like, look, we have a kid. For a year we've had yeah. this kid. Yeah. But also <laughs> exactly. I feel like COVID too, even when you do first birthday, usually you have friends who come and whatever. And like, I feel right. like you probably couldn't really do that then. So, yeah. yeah. So like my, my mom was there for his birthday, uh, which was really awesome. But I was just like, yeah, you know, so we, we booked this place, you know, like the indoor kitty gym um, for a couple hours. And she's like, is that long enough? Is that long enough for a party? And I'm like, okay, well, but okay, afterwards we'll have it at our house then. We could do that. And then she'll be like, oh, I'm going to cook a lot of Filipino food and like we can invite a lot of people over. And I'm like, um, okay. And so all of a sudden it turned into this like party and then an after party for son you know like yeah. like you know he's like four and like and it was just like lots of filipino food like she made like she's like oh do you think this is enough food she's like oh no this is not enough we were like grocery shopping at um seafood city which is like a really big filipino supermarket here and um it was just like all of a sudden this menu just got more and more expensive because i think that's just the thing it's like always like do we ever have enough food for guests? That's always like the classic question. Yeah. Um, well, and I feel like yeah. there's probably something to that when it comes to hospitality that like you don't want to run out of food. Like no. you don't like that. <laughs> it's like you'd rather have more than not have enough because now you've invited all these people here. And yeah. again, like that hospitality thing. But yeah, yeah. it's it's it, that's great. I love it. it it's a, it's accurate. <laughs> I totally agree with that statistic. Well, that leads into I have a whole section about food. Okay. Oh, yeah. Um, it's like the love language. Yeah. Yes. So the <laughs> Tom Yum soup, Thai Tom Yum soup plays a big part in this movie because it's the soup that he keeps saying is like, we're going to come back together is oh, yeah. Kumadra, which the um, head of story it has uh, the ingredients from each of the kingdoms. Well, it was she, the she, the, the head of story took a Thai cooking class and realized the ingredients, mm-hmm. lemongrass, chili peppers, lime leaves, palm sugar, created a harmonious combination of sweet, spicy, mm. and sour, which reflect Chief Binge's dream for the United Kingdoms of Kumandra. Um, there's a lot of jackfruit and durian. Jackfruit, dur- oh, jerky. <laughs> yeah. Our uh, actual, oh. uh, you know, fruit from the area mm-hmm. uh, durian smells like trash yes <laughs> yeah <laughs> what do you durian smells like trash yeah my mom would eat canned durian when i was a kid uh it's like her favorite thing and like you could smell it no matter where you are in the house and i'm just like <laughs> it smells like trash like what are you eating <laughs> like, it's so funny but um, it's, a, it's actually pretty good <laughs> the uh when when she's talking to numari as a kid no, i'm saying her name wrong all right numari numari uh she offers her the rice, which uh, I believe is bon tet, 
a Vietnamese traditional lunar year food from sweetened cake from glutinous rice, which I'm sure is good, but the term glutinous is never feels appetizing to me. Yeah. So that was my, my food stuff. I feel like after watching this, I was like, God, I want some Thai food or something, but well. Yeah, we'll, glutinous we'll, rice is good though. Yeah, it's anything sweet rice, chewy. Yeah, I, but <laughs> yeah. Like, like sweet rice, rice or chewy rice. Probably not or like, good for you though. Because <laughs> I oh, think of like the- sweet? Because we're diabetic, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's probably, very yeah. carby. I'll just have it, a little. Incredibly carby. Just a little <laughs> taste. That's the problem with like it's it's uh, pasta, rice, and tortillas, and it's like those are my yeah. three. Like in uh, you know Asian, Italian, and Mexican, yeah. are my favorite foods, and <laughs> they're rough. Um, okay, so let's jump into the controversy so, a little bit. You probably have more than I have. I have controversy about when they switched the voice actor actress for Raya and then I also have just a more general controversy after the movie came out I I didn't see that what was it was originally a white voice actress wasn't it so what I have is Cassie Steele was her name was replaced by Kelly Marie Tran because according to the producer there was a key change to Raya's character the original voice actress of course she's wonderful and she was a perfect fit for Raya's character then And then the character changed a lot. And so it was necessary to shift the voice. And Kelly just embodies Raya. The character shifted and then it shifted even more as that work together starts to happen between the voice and the writer. But I'm wondering if it was also because there was pushback. That's the producer's that's the producer's version of why the actress was changed. And I'm sure the actress who was originally cast was great. But I'm also wondering if there was pushback because why isn't Raya being represented by all by one of these many cultures that you have influenced? Mm. And that was the other controversy that I read when we did the mini tale. We were so excited. We were like, there's this multicultural cast and it's really representative. And we thought it was really great. And then I read that the controversy is must have much of the cast is East Asian, even though the movie inspires Southeast Asian cultures. So that's in kind of where the controversy lies, which was something that we were not tuned in on being, you know, Mm. kind of two white people. And at that time, it was episode 47 for us. So we were still in the early days of Disney. So Mm. we were just like, oh, my gosh, it's not all white people like this is amazing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So I wanted to just bring that up because I think it really I I think it's an important topic. And it's one that people were like, you know, you're borrowing and from all these cultures and you're influenced by all these cultures and representing them well, and then wanting them to be represented in the people that they cast. So I don't know um, if you have anything in addition to that, or Leanne, if you have anything, I I don't know if you heard because I will say for me, I didn't I I was aware of the voice actor change controversy. Mm -hmm. I wasn't necessarily aware of like the casting in general. I was not either. I admit that probably has a lot to do with my, you know, like we talked about earlier, my white blinders when it comes to the diversity of Asian culture. Um, And I probably just went Asian people. Great. Asian people playing Asian people. You know, and you know, what did I what did I say to you when I couldn't remember if you were Indonesian or Filipino and I said that was like you asking me are you Texan or German like it just yeah. feels like what <laughs> yeah like it, it it's just like you know it's 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 a blind spot for me it was again exciting to see an Asian diverse culture but I'm the the representation is not 
I don't want to say it's not for me because I think it's for everybody, but it's it's you know like uh, you know it's it's not for me to say whether I don't know I I I I'm me saying I wish they would have done Southeast Asian uh, actor actors and actresses like I do I wish they'd been a little more accurate but I also really like these performances and I do think it's there's it's it's better than it being you know a bunch of white people a bunch of white people but i i you know i i throw it to whoever wants to jump in <laughs> yeah i think like um there's there's a little yeah there's a bit here where uh i think about how in general southeast asia isn't really represented often in pop culture mm-hmm. and then it's one of those like when you finally get that opportunity do we flub it you know yeah like, yeah and it, when it comes to being authentic and genuine I feel that it's it is important to then go well like we should try to do our due diligence and find the you know the right talent to help represent that right mm-hmm. um it also doesn't <laughs> i keep thinking back to i don't know if you've ever watched ali wong's uh you know co- comedy performances on that yes. we saw her live yeah once. we got to see her live oh i think I'm right so before jealous. the pandemic we yes. saw her yeah yeah and i can't remember which our, tour she made us put our we had everybody we had got to put our cell weird, phones like, into the the ziplocs you put it it's in not a, a bag Ziploc, and but, then it locks oh. and then you get it unlocked on the way out so no one can oh my record or thing it was and i scary. think more comedians do that now when they're testing out new material but that was the first time we were really exposed to it was I've with never her seen it before mm. since, i think that's all I'm i think say. it was for whatever her newest comedy special the latest comedy special on netflix i think that's the one she was testing out when we saw her I can't remember mm. which one that was. Mm. I can't remember the name of it, but continue. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So she had this uh, this joke and I, I'm like, this is so spot on. She goes, there's a difference between fancy Asian and jungle Asian. And she was saying that at the time, like <laughs> she and her husband were like a mix of the two. Right. Yeah. So fancy Asian is East Asian and jungle Asian is Southeast Asian. Got so it. So <laughs> that's kind of like the like the kind of like look between the two, you know, mm-hmm. so and if you look at pop culture, like they really only like looked much like into East Asian, mm-hmm. but jungle Asian is a completely different uh, feel, you know, yeah. a completely different. And I, I, I think that's that's probably why it, it was a bit more like, oh, well, you know, uh, you know, a lot also in history, a lot of like, you know, some of the East Asian cultures totally dominated and uh, occupied these Southeast Asian areas, too. Um, you yeah. look like uh, I could talk mostly to the Philippines. I mean, Philippines has like Japanese has infiltrated the Philippines. You know, they there's been Spanish also from Europe, but mm. like um, like Japan and like uh, Korea tended to kind of do a lot of damage in uh, Asia, particularly. And I feel like Southeast Asia took a lot of uh, a lot of that hit. Um you know, so I think like, you know, historically there was there was some stuff. It's not that like, you know, everyone I think also now it's now more of a melting pot than anything. Um, but like I, I think that's probably where like some of that tension and kind of like, hey, well, I mean, like East Asia has had a lot of uh, spotlight. You know, why not highlight then what what uh, Southeast Asia has to offer? So. I want to take a minute and I'm going to speak directly to our well-intentioned white listeners uh, hey everyone, um, I, I want to caution you 
from going out and asking your Asian friends, so are you fancy Asian or jungle Asian? Um, <laughs> I know it may seem like you've just learned something new here, but I would really caution you from using that. Um, interest in someone else's culture is fine, uh, and it's probably okay that they're that uh, uh, they're using that term, but if you throw that at someone real quick, I think you're going to find yourself getting in trouble if they haven't watched this particular Ali Wong special. So, just, just putting that out there. Oh, goodness. That's a really good point. Uh, yeah. But... It's like funny because I was like, that is so... Like, Carl and I were watching it. I'm like, that was hilarious. Yeah. Like, yeah, Carl's just like, yeah. what? <laughs> yeah. But I'm just saying, if you don't don't go... Like, feel the... Read the room. Um... <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, but I appreciate yeah. I appreciate your thoughts on that, Leanne, because I think I think it's like anything else where it's like it's not just feeling underrepresented, but it's like there's a history there and there's a tension there and there's things that go back and and I th- I think that like that all plays into why people were upset, right? And it, I think it's important for those of us who are unaware of those things to become aware, if that makes sense. If so. you're if you're looking for more like kind of those thoughts on this and, and, and that sort of thing, uh, there are two videos I found. There's more, but there's two videos I found. One is about a 10 minute long video f- from on a channel called Cabbage Corgi. Uh, I just love these YouTube names. Mm-hmm. Um man's name is Andrew Wong and he does a little series of his thoughts on it. Um, kind of a lot of them talk about the homogenization of Asian culture as being a big thing of like, you know, the same thing where he was like, Oh, they're using this and this and this. And then it's like, well, they're making it one thing and it's, you know, that's an issue they have with it, which I can see that. I understand that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean like, it's like making North America one thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're like, well, forget Latin America and Canada. Yeah. 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 Um, and then, uh, Ziran J. Zhao, I believe is how you say her name. She has a uh, X I R A N J Y Z H A O. She has, if you're looking for a more in depth thing, she has a two part four hour video series called How Disney Commodifies Culture uh, Southeast Asians Roast Raya the, Last Dra- Raya the Last Dragon. I did not put in the four hours watching that. Uh, I kind of skipped through a little bit, but if you want to learn more about their thoughts on that, that's available for you too. I wanted to kind of, you know, give the other side of the, yeah, I yeah, sure I think that it's people important. had that available to them, but I am mm-hmm. not watching a four hour video series on that particular subject or most subjects, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> it's very long. Yes. Yeah. When I looked at it, I was like, cause I did the 10 minute video and I started watching hers and I was like, man, this, she's really not getting it. I looked down and the thing had moved like a minuscule amount. I'm like, this is two hours. And then I looked at the title and it goes part one. And I was like, what's going on? Was, anyway. Um, that's all I've got. Are we ready? Are we ready to let the viewers, after all this time, go see the movie? Yes, listeners. It is now time for you to take the VHS out of the clamshell and stick it in the VCR. We'll see you on the other side, listeners. Welcome back, listeners. Uh, we are ready to dive in, but do we just want to give? I think we've kind of given our thoughts at the beginning, but how was this rewatch for everybody? I like this movie better the second time, and I think I liked it the first time and kind of forgot that I liked it because, again, it came out and there was a lot of good animation that came out after that. That was amazing. And Kanto, I like better than this. And when I saw it, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to like it. Like, this is a, 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 a martial arts movie. 
And I was like, let's watch this. It's going to be great. Yeah. And then Encanto was like, it's a family singing. And I'm like, I'm boo. And then I saw Encanto. I was like, oh, this is amazing. Mitchell's Rhythm Machines had no expectations. It was great. So I think it moved this down on the, that year's list. However, rewatching, I'm like, oh, this is a great movie. And I really like it. And I think more people should see it. I think it kind of got sidelined. I know a lot of people are like, yeah, I haven't seen it. So. Yeah, I think for me, I couldn't remember how I felt about it. And then I listened to our mini tale and we just gushed over it. And then I was like, oh, I'm excited to rewatch this. And I think I liked it even more the mm-hmm, second mm-hmm. time. I think I was able to pick up on more things because I knew the story. So I could pay attention to the background and pay attention to side characters and things like that. But how about you, Leanne? You know, I'm going to be a bit of a dissenter on this. Oh, oh. Go for it. Yeah. I'm all about a different opinion. <laughs> Yeah, I really enjoyed it on the first watch. When it first came out, I was super excited because of all the representation we talked about. And, you know, they they really tried to have all these different um, aspects of different Southeast Asian culture in it. But on the second watch, I started looking at it from a story character perspective. Mm. And I was like, I love the world. It is very rich. But then the main character, Raya, felt very flat. Like, I I couldn't... She, she was kind of more of a vessel for the adventure mm, versus, I can uh, see that. you know, kind of like the themes were all there, but I felt that it was a bit as disjointed as her trying to unify everyone, I guess. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, like and I was trying to think back to it and um, I, I remember reading someone else re- reviewing it and I then I was like, oh, yeah, it's that it's that. Uh, sometimes you can have the story, like the theme of the story, support the character's journey. Like, you know, you look at Moana and it's about wayfinding and kind of like revisiting her past and kind of, you know, and then it's all part of her journey. And um, with Raya, like, it seems that, like, I mean, I think about Encanto as well. I loved Encanto. And again, it was like about family no matter what. And it was just the consistent theme throughout. With Raya, it was like, okay, it's about there's disjointedness, you know, among all the people unifying them. But then her dad, it was her dad's vision. She kind of was into it, but then she adopted it. And then at the end, she changed her mind and said, this is a great idea. And then like, it kind of felt, I felt a little uh, uneven with her character development throughout the movie that I was just like, I love her look. I love her design. I also love Namari, uh, like their, their interactions together. But as a character, I was like, I don't really know what Raya is all about. You know, like, who who is she really? You know, and uh, mm, I could definitely I, see I, that. Yeah, I can yeah. see that, too. I think a lot of why I enjoyed it this time was the let me put in the research. And, you know, like you said, you were excited about the representation. I, you know, not as, as a Southeast Asian myself, um, I, but it was <laughs> like I started looking up all that culture and Before then we watched it. it, I think yeah. it was me getting excited to be like, oh, this is really interesting. And oh, look at the food and blah, blah, blah. Because I do agree. I think I think that it's a little disjointed. I think it's very front loaded of like, this is the world. This is blah, blah, blah. And then yes. they get Sisu. Yes. But like after they yeah. get Sisu, it I feel moves. it. I feel like it moves after that. But yeah. But, but that's mm-hmm. it, it does move, but it also breathes. Like everything in the front is like. I have to explain to you the last 500 years. I have to explain to you like why I am the way I am. I have to explain to you why our, you know, the world is the way it is. We, and then we get the dragon and then, and I'm like, wow, they, they really go like, there's not a lot of like how she gets the dragon or why she gets the dragon. It's just really like she gets the dragon. And I'm like, wow, everything up to then I was like, it felt really rushed and cramped. And then it's just, 
we have to go to these four places and do this thing. And so then it becomes like we can, in my mind, we can focus on this action scene. We can kind of like learn a little bit about this character, you know, and, and I think you're right. I think I like Sisu. Like Sisu is, I think Sisu is extremely interesting. I think she's very well animated. I love how her mouth looks when she's the, she has such a big freaking mouth as a uh, human. Human, And when like, her clothes are too big for her as a human, there's I, so many, again, the I think detail a, of things. Yeah. I think there's a lot of really good performances. I mm-hmm. do think it is like, now we do this, and now we do this, and now we do yeah, this. Yeah, it felt like a shopping list versus yeah. like mm-hmm. very motivated like, by the character. It felt like a Skyrim quest. Like, we must get the five <laughs> pieces to blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and and there's, there's stuff yeah. in there I really, really like. Um, but I can totally see where you're coming from, and, and I do agree with it on a lot of points. Like I said, yeah, I, the, I think it, I, being able to breathe after like... Now we've there's a lot of table setting before we get to the like meal and the meal is a little now that once we've got everything set it's like now we can go to these places and breathe and learn a little about these characters but at first it's like okay so there's far because you were when you were doing it I she was, was feverishly like, taking notes because like, I was like oh my gosh it's front loaded with so much yeah. information I'm like why don't you watch the movie she's like I have to get this all down I was like yeah <laughs> I have to at least like make it so it makes sense when we talk about it again um, and I guess that's where we'll start but we we're we, going to try and go fast listeners yeah, I know we spent a lot of time but, in, the, in the pre part but yes but it opens on Raya on her tuk tuk and uh it's a wasteland basically like and it's 500 years ago and then there's this montage and so it basically shows us that the druids came in they're a mindless plague and they turned everyone to stone the dragons fought but not they they couldn't do it and so sisu was kind of the last one to fight for everyone and blasted the druid away and everyone who turned to stone came back but, but not the none of the dragons came back. And Sisu's gem is the only one that's left in Kumandra. And so Kumandra is divided <laughs> and the gem is hidden. So I think I did pretty well. You did good, but it is not like here it, it is all a lot. Up like it's that. like, it's like okay. it's, yeah, it's check marks. Yeah. Uh, so now we're back to 500 years later. And she's 10, 11, 12, maybe 12 since she's, I think they try to make all their Disney princesses 18 now. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's, yeah, right. She's younger. This is six years later. Like, yes. Yeah. She's younger and she's trying to get, um, past these traps and things like that with the Tuk Tuk. And we meet Chief Benja, who we find out is Ba, who's her dad. Uh, and he's. Daniel Day Kim from Lost. Yes. And so he is basically initiating her as a heart there where they live they project protect the dragon gem and so he's kind of initiating her to see if she's ready to become one of the protectors of the gem Mm -hmm. and then he's like everybody else from the rest of the the land is coming here and she gets real nervous because then she and now we have to describe the different lands so there's yeah where they live and then there's talon fang tail and spine yes and tail is a sweltering desert talon is mm. a floating market with fast steels spine is a frigid bamboo forest and fang is protected by angry cats and assassins <laughs> this is how she describes <laughs> yes. fang and binja is saying we need to bring them all together and make this kumandra again and not five kingdoms but like one kingdom and he illustrates that with some tom yum soup 
Yes. I love that he used a cooking reference, Mm -hmm. by the way. Because again, food food is like love language. This is not (laughs) this is not Ghibli level food. If you like the food in this, Ghibli is all about like here's like them showing how to animate a meal. (laughs) But it is the closest there's a there's 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 a distinct love of food in this movie. Yeah, they make a joke in the thing where they say we did more food eating scenes than fighting scenes in our martial arts movie. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but uh, they, you know, everyone comes together and they assume that the prosperity that Hart has is because they're protecting the gem. All the other lands seem to have seem to have been hit harder by the drones uh, than everywhere else. But the dad believes. The, her father believes they can become Kumandra again, and that's kind of why he's bringing everyone together. Mm-hmm. And so Namari and uh, Raya kind of go off together. They're both huge fans of Sisu. They're both big dragon nerds, and they become fast friends. And, you know, they're like, oh, we both have single parents. We're both woman warriors. We're both Sisu fans. Like, this is like such a great friendship. And I will uh, say the writing in this scene, and like, it is a little like, them telling the audience and this is why you, they should like each other like that's a good a point bit yeah that. uh and so they you know she's like let me show you something and so you know namari gives the necklace to her first which is sisu with this gem in it and then she's like oh i can show you something even better and she shows her where the gem is and namari turns on her and ryan literally said that's some hans bullshit <laughs> so you're gonna have to quack that but uh ryan when we were watching it he's like oh that's so rough and then they fight and two words that come up a lot in this that we looked up is depla both girls call each other that um in this part and it's we looked up strangely beautiful or best friend it's kind of the guy who did the the translation. The guy, it's a made up language, right? I forgot. Yeah, yes, he. But he based it off of Thai and other things. He's also the guy who came up with Dothraki for Game of Thrones, which I thought was interesting. So yeah, but the inspiration is Thai, Vietnamese, and Javanese. Yes, I think are the three that he based it off of. But binturi is the other term we hear a lot, and that is translated to traitor, liar, thief. So those are the two kind of like slang terms that I feel like they use the most. They use some other ones too, but those are two that I was like, let's look those up. Yeah, because especially the two women, Namari and uh, Raya, use them, say them to one another a lot. Uh, and then I wrote, Dad's sword, so cool. Because this is where we get to see him fight yeah, with his sword. Because he re- doesn't unsheath it when he's fighting Raya, which is fun. And then when yeah. you see this is when it like breaks apart and like it's like Indiana Jones's whip and a sword. Yeah. But visually, this movie is so stunning. And so there's one part where he looks in the reflection of his sword and he he's sees about to Raya. Because yeah. se- the whole thing is he's like, I want a future for you that is not one of war. Mm-hmm. And I love that shot. I thought it was really cool. There's a lot of stuff, visual stuff in here, um, because there's a you know us being like uh, curious, well-meaning white people were like when they just were like, oh, I wonder if that's an actual like. Remember the whole thing was like we want to do this because when they take the 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 flower and put it in the river, yeah, we're like is that an actual ceremony or something? And I was like, I mean, it's probably got something somewhere, but it's so good when we were watching this scene of like. They have so much good visual stuff that we're like, this is, we know exactly what they mean in this scene. Yeah. So when they say stuff like- I think it goes back like, to the world being lived in, right? Yes. Yeah. So when they go back to like, well, we should be friends because we're two warrior women. It's like, that feels <laughs> really on the nose. And then this yeah. scene is so visually good of telling us everything we need to know with just 
yes a little bit of yeah that's a really good point i think i think that's what really contributed to that patchiness of character development Mm -hmm. there Mm -hmm. so he still believes in kumandra and he's shot with an arrow and the gem breaks as everyone runs to it and fights for it it drops and it shatters so each uh area grabs a piece of the gem so now the gem is divided and the drone come back and this is kind of a horrifying scene because people are just turned to stone and we talked about this a little bit in the it mini was less tale so this time when it first happened we're like, but when it first happened dead? yeah it's like you have a lot of questions as like well what does this mean and yes they front loaded the information that you know everyone who was back. turned to stone came back but like it's still a really intense moment i but, made a comment that i if tara got turned to stone i'd never go on the adventure because i just hang around her statue making sure like no one pushed Aww. it over because Aww. like that's all I could think like, of. And you're saying it like oh that's so sweet but i'm like i don't know some of that is just anxiety <laughs> i think yeah. for me it's not so much a <laughs> yeah, sweet place yeah. like because it was like Ryan, Ryan and the Last Dragon is the story of them coming to get right. me, and I have to like dolly her, dolly her, uh, take, yeah, her statue onto the you. boat. Yes. And, like it's this real weird situation <laughs> where I just talk to her like she can talk back. Like I've gone crazy after six years. That that sounds like an NPC I would see in like a fantasy game somewhere. Where like yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. After yeah, you come to this world after like everything's been gone for a while. Uh, but they realize with the stone that the drone is repelled by water. So before they realize that the gem also... Which, again, they say, it's repelled by water. That's a flat-out line. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I think we got it. Yeah, but, <laughs> but I do like that uh, he he looks at her and throws her into the water again, trying to protect her. He knows what's coming with the drone and he's like, here, you take the gem. And again, he doesn't say this. He just does it. He gives her the gem and throws her in the water and he turns to stone. And now we're six years later and we're in tail and she is an adult with a very large tuk-tuk and looking for where Sisu is sleeping because that was the whole thing. Sisu is the only one who's left but has gone to sleep and that's kind of the folklore. So the drone shows up, we see how she repels it and then she finds the shipwreck. And Can, can we real quick, what do we think about the drone just like first impressions? Because we're going to talk more about them at the end because they're definitely our villain here. But I, I think while kind of I remember thinking I was like kind of upset that it wasn't like a big bad, a, you know, mustache twirly Jafar villain. I was very much I think their design is really kind of fun. Like the way they kind of yeah. lurch the way they into move every scene. And, yeah. 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 The amorphous kind of feel of them. And yeah. then they split and like that's frightening. Mm-hmm. Like every time they get yeah. somebody, they split into more. Yeah. I I liked the design of them a lot. I also think, I don't know, I think some of the story reflects the time it's really scary that like all of a sudden you're like turned to stone you're fine one minute and gone the next and i feel like like not to to put it here but oh you think it was covid, COVID I, i'm not yeah. saying it was influenced but mm. it maybe it was but like covid was a very similar thing where it's like all of a sudden well now you have it and now it's like this thing and i know it's not the same well it's all these people having to change how they live yeah and then, like, the world is different now yeah and, and i just feel that interesting i just feel yeah, that that's, that's a, a scary that's a scarier villain because it's more real like all of a sudden uh, and we can talk about it when we rate the drone. That's but really that, good, Tara. I'm that very, I think you said this like, last yeah. night. I didn't get what you were getting at. Yeah. Thank you. Mm, I mean, pet. I'm not, you know, that's just how I felt about it. But uh, so she finds the shipwreck and we realize 
when she's with Namari, Namari has like this map and talks about how like Sisu is said to be at one of the where the rivers end. And it's all these. And there's all these different spots where she's already checked. So this is the last one. So she goes in alone. She takes off her shoes. She calls for Sisu Tadu. Right. Is that how she says it when it's in full? Sisu Tadu, I think. Yeah, tattoo maybe. And she feels like the world is is broken. It's all her fault. And she sings this song in her language and kind of does this ritual to call for Sisu. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, the water droplets, we see this in the beginning with the gem, the water droplets like float up. So you kind of know that this magic is happening. And... Sisu appears and is just larger than life. And I read a lot of information where they compare Sisu to the genie from Aladdin. Not only mm-hmm. like her coloring, but kind of uh, kind of this larger than life attitude. But also Aquafina ad-libbed a lot of her lines. I think that comparison does a disservice to a character I really like. I agree. Which is I don't... Sisu. I like the genie too, yeah. but I think the genie's so on a pedestal. I think I, I think comparing the and Aquafina. I agree. I, her, her I guess sim- maybe I should say is, maybe like, I should say similarities. Yes, maybe yeah, 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 maybe so. But I read a lot of information where they were they were comparing. But I think there are some similarities. I mean, it's there. also the thing of like the genie being a, isn't a sidekick. The genie's a buddy, and like Sisu's not really a sidekick. Sisu's you know almost the the other main character well Sisu's also a teacher to Raya in a lot of yeah. ways more than just a buddy but yeah yeah so but I I, I will say I love the way Sisu is animated I love yes. her hair I love when she turns into a human that her hair still has that those kind of the iridescent the colors iri- yeah, yeah I I yeah. I really like Aquafina was someone when I first started hearing I'm like what a grating voice and now like I'm like oh I love her voice so good yeah, yeah I love it too yeah I don't know why I, I thought it was I think maybe it was because she was a weird thing that, that I, that's a terrible way to yeah, maybe, talk about a person yeah um, that was she was her her popularity was a weird thing to me and that it felt like she just appeared out of I'm like and to me I'm so stupid I'm like like Aquafina, I'm like the bottled water. Like, why is she, you know? I like I don't know. I'm but assuming that's her stage name. But she was a comedian for years, and she like yeah. sings and and like writes music and right. it's just so very big creative. My so I'm 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 seeing it through my scope of like who is this person, and then like I see a bunch of pictures of her, so I've created a voice for her in my head, and then this she's got a very singular voice, and I think it wasn't what I expected. And it also works perfectly for this character. But if you said she's going to be a dragon, like I'm not thinking that voice. Like, so I think the first thing that kind of threw me off. And this time I was like, oh, she's so good. I also have seen her in Shang-Chi and Ocean's 8 and her doing other things since then. Crazy Rich Asians. Did you see her in there? I had that's on my list. I hear that. Yeah. I have not seen that movie. So so those are fancy Asians. They're coming out with a sequel. (laughs) <laughs> Very J- jungle rich angel- actually. Angel- <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, so, so yeah. So no, I, I hadn't seen her in any of that stuff. It's also funny because I very distinctly know her from her extremely long hair, and I think she's got short hair in that. Mm-hmm. So I, I think I don't didn't recognize her. I don't know. So I had a very like particular vision of this person, and since they have developed into like me knowing more about them, and now I'm a little more comfortable. Whereas if you said like. Hey, this is a dragon, and I expect the voice to be like smog from Tolkien. 
And then it's like, oh. hey, it's me, Sisu. And yeah. I'm like, what is this? I and it took me voice. a while to do that. And this time I was like, prepared for it, ready to go. I love her. I will say I love her. Yes, and her doing I love her, Sisu. The, again, I love her voice. The whole like, Raya, we have to, ah, oh, the cat's in the tent again was like my favorite stuff to see. Yeah, <laughs> her, like, yeah, her energy. <laughs> yeah. I think she brings an energy to this character, yes. yeah. which, which is really great. And we find out, you know, she appears, thinks only a day has gone by, feels like they've done it, is looking for her brothers and sisters. And she finds out, that's not the case. Like all these years have passed, like mm. hundreds of years have passed. She says, you know, I wasn't the best dragon. I didn't make the gem. I just turned it in. But I liked that. Like yeah. her way of describing <laughs> like, like what, you know, they believed in me. I don't know why they believed in me. And that's a, a lot of like what they go through in this movie. But we find out all of her drag, her brother and sister's dragon's powers. And I'm going to just read them here because as we go to each land and get another piece of the gem, Sisu gets their magic. So she gets to do what the brothers and sisters could do and the first one is am ambas i think is a magic glow sisu's the strong swimmer prani i love that sisu's is like i'm a strong swimmer that's like is that a magic power or is that it's just not like, even like the best swimmer it's, yeah I'm a that's strong like swimmer. Swimmer. <laughs> it's like it's like when you have the team of x-men and it's like i could shoot lasers out of my eyes i have claws and can heal and there's always the one character who's like i can I like cipher. I understand all languages. That's a real X Men. Yes. Or Glob yeah. Glob Herman, who is made of he's bones and eyeballs floating in goo. <laughs> That's Glob Herman. Yeah. There are I, I look just, these up. Definitely worth I just, a Google. Love like the group project <laughs> analogy she did. Yeah, yeah, yes, exactly. it's so good. Like we all participated. I'm just the one who like handed it in. Yes. But, like, agreed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, but then, but then it all comes into. I, I will say she doesn't really use the other powers. All, like the mist she uses once. It the isn't fog. Like, it isn't like, and then at the end she uses them all to do something. Well, she uses Prani's power a lot, which is the shape, shape changing well, yeah, to a that's person. How she gets away. Oh, yeah. So Prani she uses, and but Jagan me, is the fog, which she does use to save Raya once. in that moment. Okay, I'm wrong. Uh, uh, and then Kenju is the rain. But I would say all of them are equal. Like even her swimming like gets them away later. Yes, so. Yeah. Yeah. So I think mm. she does kind of use them. But um, she's wicked in that liquid. Isn't yes, that thing yeah, she says? I think she says that. Yeah, yeah, she's got a couple of good lines like that. But we then we see Namari as an adult who's hunting Raya because Raya has stolen the dragon scroll. And so like they kind of um, get into it at tail and they get away. And at this point, Sisu is dressed up in a hat and a cape. And she just looks so out of place as a human dressed up yes. in general. Real, real quick. Can we talk about the bo- the Tootin Booms? We haven't got. Well, I'm about to get oh, there. Oh, you're about yeah, to get there. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I, I don't have much more to say. Just uh, the one thing I wanted to say is, throughout this, Sisu's like, we have to bring a gift to each chief, like to the tail chief. We have to bring a gift for trust. It's a hospitality. And then this is where the bug mm. booties and the toot booms come in, where yes. we're introduced to them. I love the toot and booms. I will say I have tried to reference them as like really cool effects for things we should do in games. But then I have to go through the thing of they fart glitter. Like if, if they just like didn't do bomb. that, I could yeah. definitely sell them more. But yeah. anytime I try to bring them to someone be like, aren't these cool? They're like, wait, they're doing what now? And it's I'm like, like the trolls, uh, right? In the yeah. troll movies, don't they fart <laughs> glitter or something? Yeah. Not in the movies, Tara. In real in life, real life they yes. created something to do that. Uh, a walk around character to do that. Did yeah. you know that? I had no idea. There's a walk around character Universal. at Universal that actually toots glitter. Wow, I, that is incredible. Yeah. 
So they, yeah, so we're introduced to those and then they come back to help them get away uh, when Namari is running um, and chasing them. And then this is where we're introduced to Boone, who I think might be my favorite of the side. It's really hard because Con Baby, we'll get to Con Baby when we get there, but (laughs) it's really hard to choose because they're all good. But Boone's Mm -hmm. energy, you know, he's got the shrimp emporium. He's an entrepreneur. He's He's adding to the local economy. Yeah, he's so great. I know. Uh, And she offers to pay him in jade if they can go to Talon and then as soon as he sees the payment he's like it'll be more but yes we can do that. I love this is a really random detail I love the carved jade coins I don't know why I like them so much Maybe yeah because I just think texturally they look like cool. they you can when you look at them you know what they feel like does and that make all, sense they yeah they're so smooth yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah I just I I think that's you know culturally or, or, or historically kind of appropriate because I think Jade's very there's a lot of Jade stuff when I was in Southeast Asia but like it's just cool seeing them carved as coins and being like this is this is the payment. currency yeah. I just thought it was neat so then we mm-hmm. go on the slowest boat ride ever because he pushes off and <laughs> it's so slow slower and, than living with the land yes and then this is where Sisu propels the boat mm-hmm. and gets them away uh, and there's this scene where you can see how excited she is to be back in the water and she's swimming in the water and you had a fact about how many fish so I, I have a fact in general where she's swimming nope uh, that's the mighty ducks give me one second <laughs> um, so the the crowd work in this was something I thought was very interesting um, the crowd department created 72,000 individual elements for this movie, including 18,987 human characters, 35,749 non-human characters, and for this scene alone, there were 23,836 fish. Which is wild. Mm. When she goes through that like little tunnel of fish. Yeah, she like swims through it. So, yeah. just That's some a cool, lot of fish. Some cool numbers. In, in general, I felt like this movie had the most effects and crowd sim stuff out of like any Disney movie of recent memory, like mm-hmm. between fluids, between dust and glitter, <laughs> yeah. between um, the, the hair, drone. the drone, the crowds, like so many crowds, like. And then the fish. I didn't even mm-hmm. think about the fish. That's so impressive. Yeah. And I feel like that's what we keep coming back to is just the visual and the detail and like, uh, yeah, and how much was put into it. Um, so after that happens, Namari is walking past all the stone dragons. So and you said you really liked because Namari. I like that she had reverence for them as well. Like yeah. It was... Like she's running with her m- her soldiers I guess to go after them and then they hit this spot where all the dragons are and it is very solemn and it is like sacred and I think they do a good job of showing that she's a person too and not just a mustache twirly villain although I you know I always do like a mustache twirly yeah. villain but and then we go back to the boat and there's a lot of this kind of back and forth through throughout the movie at this point but we Real go quick, back I didn't look this up a shrimp kanji a thing anybody ever yeah I mean, you can put anything in kanji what, I don't <laughs> so, know what kanji is tell yeah. me a little bit about kanji oh Rice porridge. Uh, oh, okay. So, yeah, yeah, it's a it's a really nice like you can have it, like it's a breakfast dish or you can have it for lunch. You can have it for whenever. But uh, usually it's like in the morning or brunch and it's like rice porridge that you can throw anything like you put aromatics, you can put garlic, you mm. can put a donut, you know, you can put whatever you want. <laughs> <Donut>. in it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like like a little Chinese donut, um, I, like fried bread, you know, okay. um, I, I, yeah. I imagined like the Simpsons, like pink frosting, pink frosting sprinkles donut, donut. Yeah. I was like, what? Um, <laughs> no, no. So what I'm hearing to kind of unify our cultures is that 
it's Southeast Asian shrimp and grits. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, there like, you go. Yeah, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when we go back to the boat, we see, because it's nighttime, and that's when we see all the drone come out. And that's when Boone kind of tells us his story that he's lost his family and he never mm-hmm. leaves the boat. And Sisu's like, you're a really smart kid. Like, you you know, you're doing what you can. And, and I probably would never leave the boat either if I was Boone after all of that. So then we get to Talon and she tells Sisu to stay on the boat with Boone. And then this is where we get into the city where we see Hey Hey in the basket with a basket on his head. <laughs> and this is where we meet Con Baby and the three monkeys. And in our... I think they're called Angies. Angies, yes. There's a lot of weird animal stuff in here which yeah while we're on the subject this feels like avatar right there's a lot of avatar similarities of the last airbender correct where there's like mm-hmm. a lot of weird animals and avatar and that sort of thing anyway. yeah yeah they have like the what, what is it the they have like basically two animals mashed together as like their animals in avatar <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah it's like like the wuzzles mm-hmm. um but uh yeah Anyway. but yeah this is where we're introduced to them and in our mini tale we were saying how like on paper this shouldn't work but it was so funny like it's so good and it's like if you were to just read it you'd be like what i don't want, understand a, a baby, baby with monkeys with monkeys but it's so it's so good how they interact with one another but they steal the gems so now raya is going after them and sisu wants to go shopping and she learns from boone you can just buy things on credit what she doesn't know is they have to know her to trust her that she'll pay it back so she just grabs all this stuff say she's going to buy it on credit all the merchants come up to her you have no credit here we don't know you and then there's this old lady who comes to try to make her feel welcome we find out she's really the chief and we'll get to her i forgot her the actress's name but it's the grandma from fresh off the boat yeah is voicing this is voicing the chief sandra sandra O or no sandra O is the the mom of Fame. Oh. Amari. Leader. Yeah. Yeah. This yeah, is, yeah, yeah. This You're is right. the grandma, and I don't remember her this name. Is, well, she's up. the chief of talent. Yeah. But she, so Raya's chasing them. She gets the gems back, and then she's like, How would you like to make some honest money? So she's going to hire them to distract Talon. Uh, it's on. <laughs> I mean, I get, well, they're not stealing it. She's going to pay them, I I'm guess. Just saying. So then we find out that this old lady who is being so welcoming to Sisu is the chief and Lucille Sung. Okay. Yeah. And so she's the chief and she's not honest with Sisu. She's very, you know, Sisu is very trusting and she tricks her and throws her out and is like, I'm going to give you to the drone unless you give me back the gems. And that's when Khan baby and the monkeys, they all like come together and they wind up saving Sisu, right? They snatch the gem and they all leave. I feel mm-hmm. like is what happens there. And then we go to Fang and we see that the drones are surrounding Fang. And the mother, her gem piece is in her staff. And we see that they're talking about, do they expand? Do they leave? Like, they're needing more space. And Amari really feels like they need to stop Raya. She's getting more gem pieces. She's doing more. She's more capable Mm -hmm. than people are giving her credit for. And even though the canals are protecting them, it's like, for how long? So the mom gives the royal army to Namari to go get Raya. And then they're all talking on the boat. Um... And this is when, you know, I think it's Raya who says people don't deserve dragons. You know, at this point, she just wants to bring back. And this is maybe the disjointedness you were talking about, Leanne, where she just wants her father back. And that's the only reason she's going after the gems. She's not really going after the gems to unite everyone. Yeah. Uh, And I think like that would have been a really good 
development there. If she started with wanting to bring her dad back, but then when it gets to the end, it really opens up and you could see her process it and go, oh no, I want the, I want his dream is my dream too. Like yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I feel like, I feel like it's Sisu's dream. Like Sisu wants yeah. Kamandra back, but it's not yeah. necessarily her dream. Yeah. And so this is where um, we get to spine and Sisu runs into spine and again, wants to give a gift and <laughs> she's like, no, we're going to do it my way. She like takes some of the the food that Boone has made and tries to give it and then they get in a trap. And this is where we meet Tong. And what we find out about Tong, which is so heartbreaking, is he's oh the gosh, only yeah. one left. And when they cut over to that baby crib. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And you re- <laughs> and I'm sure it resonates for you in a completely different way than it did uh-huh. us. But even so, like, you know, and it, you just realize like he's everyone else still has people and and I don't know about heart because she leaves heart so I don't know if anyone is left in heart but everyone else at least has some people in each one of their areas and he's literally on his own and it doesn't seem like anyone else knows that because Mm -hmm. Namari is expecting to be met by a group of people like when she first shows up I feel like she's expecting to fight more people I think they're mm-hmm. expecting Rai is expecting to fight more well, people big giant warriors yeah and-, and then you get there and it's just Tong and this is where the Tuk Tuk and the kids as I call them but it's Khan Baby and Boone you know they come in and they save save Raya and Sisu from Tong but now Fang is here Mm-hmm. And so I this shot I thought was really cool and I think it's in the trailer when those doors open and you see oh, Raya with her yes. head down and her hair is oh. flowing. Oh, it's so good. The pose. Wow. Yeah, so the good. like power stance. Yeah. She's like ready for it. And uh she basically baits Namari. She's like I know how to kind of taunt Namari. And so she gets her to fight her alone and not with the army and they go into a fight scene and this is where Sisu comes to save her with the fog. Uh, with one of the powers and then or the magic and then Namari and the rest of the gang I don't know the rest of the gang on Raya's side see Sisu as a dragon and they like lose their minds their jaws drop and Namari sees Sisu but no one else on Namari's side sees Sisu I don't think or do they do her soldiers also see Sisu no, or is yeah, it just do, Namari she comes back and it's like and the mom's just like we need to get the dragon yeah it's they yeah. got there first or something yeah uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I just found it. I wasn't sure if everyone saw it or just Amari. And Amari, you know, is a huge dragon nerd. Has always believed in Sisu and is kind of well, like she looks in awe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, and then um, we kind of all get back on the boat, and everyone decides that they they want to help now. Now that they know that she's a dragon and not a person, and what like the mission is, they're all like in to help get the last gem. And this is where we see. Uh, Sisu hopping on the raindrops, which is so cool. I like how when she the rain travels. comes yeah. back. How yeah, fly. how they fly. Yeah, it's so neat. Uh, so now we're back at Fang, and it basically comes to heist time. They're thinking of ways. How do they get the gem from Fang? And this is Boone's description and his montage, which is so funny the way he narrates it and says <laughs> and how they're like, going to go in and do it. They do like a texture over the animation, which I thought was really cool. Make yeah. it kind of comic booky. Yeah. Yeah. 
And so Sisu still wants to give them a gift. And we're and Raya's like, no, we're going to go with Boone's plan. And then this is where Sisu's like, I've got to take you somewhere. And she scoops her up and she takes her to heart. And they go past her dad, which is a really like sad moment to see her dad there. And then still in one piece. Yes. Still in one piece. No, yeah, bird, he's all good. <laughs> no bird poop on him. No, I no. There's all these good. statues and they all seem pretty pristine. Yes. But for six, uh, for six years, yeah. But they go where Raya says this is where it all happened because it's where the gem was broken, but it's also where it all happened when the gem was created. And so you find out that Sisu's brothers and sisters are stone, but they are in this temple, and Raya never realized that they were there. And so, kind of surprised about that, by yeah, the way. I was Even, too. Yeah. I was surprised that, like, <laughs> No one kind of explored like behind where the gem was kept. Yeah. Or maybe like her father knew, but I guess didn't get a chance to tell her. Maybe. I don't know. I guess you could go with that Mm -hmm. story. But uh, but yeah, so Sisu retells the story of what happens to the last five. So we go through all of that, them creating the gem, being united, combining their magic. And then they choose her to take the gem. They put she said they put faith in me. And we can do that with Namari. So this is her trying to persuade Raya to be like, we can put our faith and our trust in Namari and bring back your dad's, your father's dream of Kumandra. And so she visits with her dad for a moment and she trusts Sisu and she says, okay, we're going to go with your plan, but we need a good gift. And she goes, I've got just the thing. And it's the pendant or the necklace that Namari gave her all those years before. So now we're in Fang. And Namari tries to talk with her mother to try to persuade her mother a little bit. Mm -hmm. And her mother is just disappointed. And her mother seems very selfish here. She's like selfish, but from the way of protecting her people. She's like, if we have Mm -hmm. all the gem pieces and the dragon, that's the best way to protect our people. So she's not looking at it as protecting everyone. Just let's protect our people and what we have. And so she wants everything and she wants to take Raya down. And then this is where Con Baby, I said Con Baby team, they go in first into Fang. And they place the present. And yes, they drop the gift off to Namari because the whole idea is to get Namari on their side. And is then this they kind of go from there. Tong knows Con Baby's name. It happens a little bit later here. Okay. It happens when they come back to the boat. But yeah. Which he's like, she's got a collar. It's written on it. He's None like, of you have looked. Yes. <laughs> <a> yeah. Baby. <laughs> Uh, so they they all share a meal on the boat, and this is where it happens. Noi is the name yeah. of it. So that's where that happens. And then Namari gets the message. She shoots off the firework to let them know, and they meet up with Namari. It's Sisu and Raya, and Namari gives her the final gem, and then she puts her kind of, um, what is it? It's an arrow. It's like a, it's a crossbow. Crossbow. She puts the crossbow on them and she's like, I have no other choice. Like you now need to come with me. And Sisu talks to her and says, I trust you. And as this is all happening, Raya. Thinks she's going to pull the trigger. And goes for her. her. And then the arrow hits Sisu. Yeah. And then all the gems start. And they do a really good job of like making that very effective without it being like bloody like Sisu's immediately in shadow but you I think you see the arrow shaft like it's it's a really it's a really good Disney death like affecting death without it yeah. being like well and Sisu immediately falls and falls into the water and we don't see her again until mm-hmm. the end here and so all the gems start to dull the water starts drying up and the visual of that of the water all yeah. swirling <laughs> and everything and the, and the yeah. waterfalls and everything 
And uh, now there's nothing to stop the drone. So Raya goes into kind of the heart of Fang, and now she's got just revenge in her heart. She's yeah. angry. She's upset. She's she, and she just wants she's to go after yeah Namari. And the mom is now stone. You see the mom is stone in the background and Amari is also now upset because of that and they fight. And as all this is happening, the city is running. Like everyone is in a panic and the rest Team of the group- Team Raya is, yeah, using their pieces of the stone to hold back the drone and save everyone. Because I think they're first going in to help Raya yeah. and then they start looking around they're like, okay, we got to help everybody instead. Yeah. So Which is a good, not quite effective, but is like, okay, we're all- these are fang people. We don't like fang people, but these are people. Yes. We got to get them out of here. And so Namari says she never meant for any of this to happen. We're both to blame for the shattering of the gem way back when. Like, it's not just me. It's not just you. It's both of us. And Raya leaves her. Raya just leaves her. And then, like, they fight. They argue. She leaves because she realizes she has to go help Team Raya, yeah. basically. So Raya goes to join them. And then Namari runs and joins them with the gem. And now the drones are surrounding them. And then this is where Raya kind of comes to this realization about it's about trust. We've got to put it together and fix it. And she takes I... the first step to trust Namari. It's not Raya who's going to put together the gem. They're going to put their trust that Namari is going to put it together. I thought that was cool. Like, I like that yeah. it was Namari that saves the day in Raya. We're, we're, now, we, we're now at the point of Raya and the Last Dragon where Raya and the Last Dragon are dead. <laughs> like, yes. And I was like, yeah, wow. Both title this characters is, are gone. Yeah, yes. this, is, yeah. this is definitely a choice. Like, yeah. and I think it was a good choice. I think it was interesting. Yeah. Like, it was a good way of bringing her in, but also being like, because I think if it's like, but Raya, they, you have to do this. It's like, yeah, of course you have to do this. Your name's on the marquee. Yeah. But then her being like, no, you have to do this. The point is it's the person you find the least likely. Or it's, you have to put your trust in someone. Well, and they all was, have to trust yeah. her, not just Raya. Like they trust. She what, sets an example. Yeah. And they trust what Raya is saying, but they all have to trust Namari and they don't trust her. They make that very clear earlier. So Namari winds up putting it together. Um after they've all turned to stone. I do like how they all turn to stone, but they're all like holding one another. Like, yeah, it's the, not like the generic, uh, you know, usual statue pose. Yeah, yeah. Interesting to me because I did like that no matter where you were, you'd stand up in that pose, but I did like this last thing. Mm -hmm. So and when so, they're all statues, they do some zoom-ins on them and I'm just like, oh, those are five statues. You know, those are statues. Yeah. Like they didn't look animated i was like they this looked looks like, like real statues yeah the footage. texture so of the good. stone yeah and so this is where we see the magic comes back into the world but namari also changes to stone too so yeah, she does it and she has to be like i hope this worked yeah and so uh this distrustful time oh this is what i was saying when you were like maybe you didn't understand with covid i also feel how it reflects covid is COVID in general, and even before COVID, we're in a very distrustful time in the world, in our country. And I feel like this also speaks to that, like having to put your trust and your faith in people that you don't agree with or you don't. And I this is an easy way to do it, right? It's a lot harder to do that in real life. And there are also people who you try to put your trust in them and then they totally screw you over. They're but, yeah, there's Drew out there. There's Drew out there. But I do feel like it's another reflection of kind of the time the movie was made in with that mm -hmm. theme as well. Uh, but the rain wakes them all up. 
So the rain wakes them all up, and we I see. I like the bit where Boone, like his feet aren't unstoned, yes, and he yeah, tries to and move, he tries and he to falls move, and he falls. <laughs> like, I don't know why I thought it was funny. Uh, but the, we see all the dragons back, and they heal Sisu, so they bring Sisu back, and everyone goes home to their land. Raya gets to see her dad, and Couple. everyone comes together to welcome to Kamandra. And I will say, when she says "Welcome to Kamandra" to her dad with all the people, mm. I weeped. I like got emotional to be like yeah. his dream. Like, I mean, yeah. I get I get a little worked up in these movies more than I used to, but like, yeah, yeah. I there's this couple times I was like, oh, in this movie in this movie. Yeah, couple things I want to point out to the end. One is the stone thing, like the snap in the Marvel movies, where like the dad has not aged six years, but she. I was has. wondering that too. Yeah, it, it looks that <laughs> like the way. Baby cause... isn't like older, right? Like the Tong's baby. Yes. Yeah. Well, because that was another thing, because it's like they all got stoned <laughs> at different like mm-hmm. points because like Con baby's Con baby was not six years old. So obviously her mom had mm, been true. turned into stone fairly recently. Yeah. Um, you know, things like that. Um, I also I thought Tong was a grandfather. I don't know why. Maybe he just gave off grandfather energy to me. And it's also I noticed this a little bit. It still could be his like eyebrows have like whitened them in a couple of the places. I mean, that doesn't mean his grandfather though. Happens when you're a parent too. <laughs> yeah. You Can also have lots of gray hair and have no children. All right. So the next point I wanted to make <laughs> is that when the commander come all together, I say, well, the first thing we need to talk about is the redistribution of the resources because that was a problem before this whole thing started with Hart having all the resources. Yeah. They need a barter yeah. system or yeah, something. Yeah. We started talking about that. Yeah. Like, let's, let's write things down. Let's figure out how this goes. Let's uh-huh. work towards the whole and that's why uh communism i uh, brought okay, you here, here today to talk again. a little bit about no i'm just kidding um <laughs> uh but that's have, it i think yes. we went through it pretty quickly oh yes i'm very proud of you again considering how feverishly you were writing notes. Well, because there was the a lot, the like like we said, there's a lot of information in the front, like front loading it, and then it's kind of like okay, then they just go from one place go to on the next and, and gather yeah. the gems. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. how was the princess? I like her a lot. I think she's a little butt kicky. Without you know, I mean, she's kind of the Buffy princess. Where yes, that's a strong female character, but it's also like the default for a long time. Yeah. I think you know, Leanne brought up some good points of like. Where she's a flawed character. I liked character. her a lot. I think she's interesting. But I, looking back, I do think it was a lot of like, she's a really great martial artist and she's got a cool sword. And I mean, she's good. I think that's fine. But I don't think that's an advanced. And I think she's visually stunning. Oh, I yeah, think yeah, yeah. I yeah. think a lot. Yeah. I think this movie, a lot of why we were gushing over it was just how beautiful and stunning it looks. And then mm-hmm. when, like you said, Leanne, when you kind of dive deeper then you kind of start to see some holes or some things that could have been done different and, and whatnot. I, I mean, yeah. I think you spoke yeah. to her earlier, but how do you feel about her? Yeah. So like, I, I think the look in the presentation, like a plus, like yeah. she's, I, I also appreciated her hair yes. as well. Oh, her hair is um, good. So like my hair gets frizzy pretty bad. And like, you know, there's, there's a kind of a stereotype that Asians have like really straight silky hair mm-hmm. and it's like, no, not not true with everyone. But yeah. like, I really I really appreciate they showed humidity in her hair. Yeah. <laughs> like, so I liked her um, two like braid. She had like a center part, and there was like two braids. Two braids. Yeah, that's later in the movie. Yeah, yeah I, I think she cool. wears it yeah. that way. 
But um, yeah, like I, I think like uh, as an icon, she's really cool and her presentation was really awesome. But yeah, like even with the ending when uh, she chooses to trust Namari, I wish there was just more processing yeah. before she chose that. Like uh, any sort of reinforcement to say, even if it was something where she was like, oh, you know, I love my dad so much and I trust him, so I will trust Namari. You know, like any sort of hmm. way to kind of lead it back because mm-hmm. she had such a huge encounter with Namari right before that and they got in, like they didn't really resolve it between the two of them that it felt kind of about face to you know to all of a sudden put your trust yeah 100 percent yeah yeah Yeah. but yeah and i I do appreciate the the insight though with like you know uh associating it with covid and stuff and having to trust people you don't trust so yeah but i i I, maybe if there was a way they could have presented it It, but yeah it may have also been like this didn't run through as many like script revisions because they were figuring out covid stuff like so just like the well, little they were things still, didn't come together they were still making a deadline because this was supposed to come out even earlier than it did yeah, yeah, so yeah. i feel like yeah, yeah it would have it would have been maybe. it would have been interesting yeah. had they still been in more of the development process versus like the yeah. production process when covid hit maybe maybe I, there would have been some changes with the story i i think that there could have been a really interesting um way to present her character where it was like her dad really trying to instill this vision of his in her and try to hope that she would carry his vision and maybe it wasn't her dream you know mm, that yeah. that is kind of an immigrant story right there too yeah where you're like yeah. trying okay. to carry your parents you know wishes and i think in general like as a child you want to like make your parents happy <laughs> yeah uh, but right? like what that they kind the original, of envision heard, that was the original you to story be, yeah uh, you to be as a as an adult version yeah it, that was yeah. the original story i read that chief benja his uh dream was raya would be a doctor or a lawyer <laughs> yes exactly that's exactly it <laughs> yeah 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 there was Definitely. And that's like what I, I think that would have been um, a way more resonant like uh, story with <laughs> mm-hmm. like at least yeah. Asians. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like, oh, I don't want to disappoint my parents. Like the word disappoint. You just don't want to. Yeah, you know? that's like, a so good point. Um, that could have been very interesting. <laughs> Uh, how is the prince? Prince, of course, in this case, is the last dragon, Sisu. And mm-hmm. I find her uh, unimpeachably wonderful. Uh, and I will yeah. accept yeah. no uh, I think, I think she's fascinating. I, I love th- her. Yeah, I enjoy her yeah. quite a bit. And just the energy. And again, I think we've gushed over Sisu, but yeah, I really liked her. I love her you even were, more this time. Yeah. You were commenting at the beginning of this, Tara, like how, you know, the hair on the dragon was really like nice and everything. Yeah. And um, at that ending where she hugs Sisu, yeah. Carl and I both went, oh, that must be so soft. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you could, again, visually, you could see it and knew what it felt like. Like they did that so well. Even with the undercut, like of everybody in Fang, their hair, the buzzed. Princess undercut, yeah. Yeah, but the buzzed part of their hair, that texture, you know exactly what that feels like. Like, Oh, they did such a good job with that too. It's, it's funny. It's cool too because, you know, European Western dragons, scaly reptile yeah whatever the uh, the idea of a fuzzy furry dragon not something i would think of but very yes. cool yeah agreed um how were the sidekicks and we're including i think namari in this like all of team raya by the end uh who was y'all's favorite of those four i'm gonna have you guys go first i think it's boone i love boone a lot i think he's an yeah. op- i think he's a, he's a go-getter he's an entrepreneur with uh, upper management written all over him mm-hmm. i think he's uh, going places in this industry and i like <laughs> to see that kind of uh 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 you know, pulling yourself up by your own bootstraps yeah. in the face of, of adversity. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
I, I second Boone on that on all accounts. Uh, in addition to that, he was so well animated. The pop and locking. That's like yeah. Tough oh anime. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Boone is mine too. I feel like I just once once I saw him in here, I was so excited for him to because I remembered him, and then he didn't disappoint the, on the second watch. The through. little footage of the actor who played him was just like that. Like this is the closet I record in, and like <laughs> ah, like really oh, like cute. excited about everything. <laughs> yeah. It was great. Um, favorite musical number. Oh no no no! Yes, favorite musical number. Didn't really have a musical number. Yeah, I it had the song at the end, which I feel we didn't talk about. This, and I was like, I always think about it because I was like, da na 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 na. Like I don't know why. I think I listened to the soundtrack, and then that song comes in after the really good like score, and I'm mm-hmm. just like, oh, skip, just because I don't want to listen to like like the I'm score, trying to listen to the score. I enjoyed and um. The composer was the guy who worked on Treasure Planet. He's done other things, but Is it James oh. Newton Howard? yes, I believe that's yeah. his name. Yeah, oh. yeah. So he hasn't. He awesome. didn't with Disney. The last thing he did was Treasure Planet, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, from what I read. So yeah. Um, how did it hold up? Now we've been talking about this with these new movies lately. There's not much of a hold up because it came a, a little while ago. Um, but how do we feel it did on the like ethnic representation? The you know, how is it for kids? Would you show this to your kids, et cetera? I think as far as ethnic representation, if you, for some reason, listen to the second half first, go back and listen to the first yeah, half. I don't know why choice. you would. Uh, <laughs> but uh, because I think we covered it in depth, I don't know that we need to yeah. re-go into it here. But I am curious, Leanne, especially because you have a child, we thought this would not be suitable for younger children because of some of the themes and like the drones and and everyone turning to stone and things like that. Like, what are your thoughts? I heard you say you watched it with Carl, but not necessarily with Ben. Like, do you think he's still too young for this one? So it's funny because I, when I first watched it, I actually did watch it with Ben. Okay. Cause I was like, Oh, he likes dinosaurs. Like surely he likes dragons. Yeah. And the only part I think at that time, what was that? 2021. Yes. He was maybe like a couple years old. Okay. So he's still a toddler. And um, the only part that he really like resonated with, and this makes sense because everything else was kind of heavy, was the toot and boom thing. Yeah. The, the bugs. <laughs> and it was the bugs. And when he they met Sisu Got for it. the first time. Right. So yeah. I would have to keep rewinding because he loved those bugs that kept exploding with glitter. Yeah. And they're he only would, like, really- have that they're in that one yeah. part so you don't see yep. them again that's funny um, and then he loved the ending when all the dragons came out and mm. hopped around the sky and yeah. he loved just seeing all of that so it was funny because now i'm like i don't know i feel like the drone would freak him out they're kind of creepy looking and- yeah it's interesting well, i guess there's something in the frame yeah there's a couple jumps yeah. i guess then. there's something to be said about when you're at a young enough age that you are unaware of why those yes. things are heavy versus mm-hmm. now being in an age where maybe that would scare you more and then mm-hmm. you, like you'd have to revisit it at an older age. So that's, yeah, it's right. an interesting way to look at it. It's not just like show it at this age necessarily. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like those different stages. He was um, like now, nowadays he can wake up and say, Hey, I had a nightmare. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and it, like before that's never happened. I was like, Oh this never scared you before. So it's yeah. really interesting. Yeah. yeah. All right. I think we are getting ready to rate the drones. Uh, listeners, we will now take this time. You're going to hear exactly how this infallible scientific rating <laughs> works. And we'll be right back. The infallible scientific villains ranking was designed and created by top scientists 
working together to establish the perfect method of devising a villain's relative knavery, cunning, and vileness. Each evildoer is judged in seven categories on a scale of one to five. The averages of each category are added up, and the resulting villain ranking tells us exactly where each ne'er-do-well belongs. Whether it's at the top with our queen Ursula, or at the bottom with Aconcagua, the grumpy mountain of Saludos Amigos. Here are the seven categories. Number one, frightening. How scary is this villain? Number two, funny. How often did this villain make you laugh? Number three, fierce. How much attitude, sass, and sense of style does this villain have? Number four, effective. How grand was their evil plan and how well did they execute it? Number five, design. How awesome does this villain look? Number six, go away heat. How much did you honestly hate this villain and want them to be off your screen as quickly as possible? And number seven, yes factor. Whenever Tara sees a villain she loves first appear on screen, she says, Yes! How often did you find yourself missing this villain's presence when they weren't on screen? Follow along at home and let us know your own villain scores. And now back to the podcast. Here we go. The infallible scientific rating... Leanne, I'm assuming you're one to five. Yeah. Okay. okay. Um, <laughs> let's start with frightening, of which I think that's probably to me, maybe other than design, going to be their highest rank. Yeah. I, I don't know that they're a five, but I know that's like their biggest thing. But like, I think they're like a. They do do jump scares, and it's like, what is this? And we talked about them being, you know, now with with Tara's recontextualization. I as four COVID. for me, just because, yeah. uh, like, I'm I'm going big here, but I just think, th- again, feeling like reality. There's something really scary that all of a sudden everyone you love is turned to stone. Like that's terrifying. Yeah. That I I don't know, and and that you they're always there. They're always looming, right? Like they never go away. Jeez. Well, no. <laughs> now I'm like. Scared yeah. I'm just in saying, general. like, like <laughs> just, uh, yeah. just, I'm scared just right in now. Life, yeah, yeah um, like my peripheral is like, yeah, it's uh, like, where are they? But like, you know, that scene with Boone, like when they're in the boat, and it's like you see them, and they almost look like lightning. You know, yeah, like, he's like you don't see them. During he's like the you day. don't see them during the day, which means they're there during the day. You just don't see them. Like you see them at night. Like yeah, God, I could almost a ray of shun- sunshine on this. Adventure. All I'm saying is I could almost give them a five, but I'll stay okay. with a four. Uh, I gave him a three because I'm a big strong boy and I ain't afraid of nothing. Okay. Um, funny. Yeah, that's nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like zero yeah i know if we could give them a zero i would now fierce i know we've talked about is mostly cape drama drag queen energy but we have in the past for the carnator for elemental beings kind of given them a little bit for being fierce in that way that is kind of ferocious and having that so i think they're a two for me just because you know i that's kind of my ferocious yeah i could see that yeah i would i could give them a two for that yeah same Boy, I did not think of this. Effective. They're a five. They're a five. Oh, yeah. They're hundred percent for year yeah. for for years. Like hundreds of years. Hundreds of years, yep. Hundreds of years. <laughs> they they have ruled the world and everyone's in fear of them. Yeah. They're gonna be higher than I think I originally wow. thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh design, they're at least a three for me, I would say. Yeah. I, I, I don't I mean, at the end of the day, they're blobs and they're just effects. And there's not really a personality on that blobber effect, but I think it's a cool effect. You know what they remind me of? And I'm really taking it to a place today. Uh, <laughs> plaques and tangles. When you look at oh my God. dimension. 
Oh my goodness. Oh no. And purple. And purple. Dementia is represented in purple. I don't know why. I'm so entertainment podcast. I'm so sorry, listeners. I'm sorry. That's where I was trying to think like what the whole nother level here, Tara. I know. Well, I was trying to I was trying to think what like how they move. I was trying to think like that so fluidity. not only are they around us at all times some of them may be in our brains right now <laughs> yeah. is what you're saying good they may have infiltrated our brains i'm so Jeez sorry Louise. um no they remind they're very reminiscent of something that's not the plaques and tangles but that's the closest i could come to right now but they're reminiscent of me of something else that i can't put my finger on i, I like how you saying not is trying to like undo all the damage you've already done <laughs> yes like, i'm so yeah. sorry like, it's not but it's not, it's like, not, that, but not like that but that's, that's the closest, closest I much like think of. much like the great god cthulhu it cannot be described <laughs> it can only be <laughs> estimated um what is your what is your 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 ranking i think i'm Susie gonna be Sunshine? wild i'm gonna give it a four wow Wow. Okay, Leanne. I, I'm still thinking a three. I mean, I, I'm going I, for I, it. I think about it from an artistic perspective, and it's like I feel the blob energy more than the terrifying. I get it. I get I'm worried it. Worried about after this if we need to like get you some like warm chamomile and like I'm settle fine. you. I'm fine. I'm fine. I think. Oh, I was talking to the listeners, not you. Oh, no, I'm, just oh I'm so sorry, um, listeners. Yes, please go get some sunshine after this. All right, go away, heat. I, I'm going with my initial go away heat, which has risen since talking to my wife, <laughs> which was a one. Like they had no go away uh, heat with me. They didn't have any. I will say, like rewatching this, they had no go away heat for me either. I'm going to give them a two because of what I've thought about since then. Uh, I think I could even go higher, but I'll stay with a two. But um, but no, when you know when we go on rewatch, it wasn't like I was like, "Boo, dr- drones, get off the screen." You know what I mean? <laughs> That's what I think about Go Away Heat. Yeah, but yeah, I I, I think a two. It's pretty good. Two. Oh, wow, my goodness. All right, yeah. I yes factor. They had one. I had no. Yeah, like, yeah. no yes factor. <laughs> no. I will say I enjoyed them better this time. I think the first time again, I was looking for Jafar or like a villain. You were looking for wasn't. a big bad, yeah. yeah. But so, I, I think this could be argued they are a big bad in their own way. Ones across the board. Yes. Yeah. I think they are the big bad. I just don't think they're the not uh, memorable. Uh, they're not a Disney yeah. villain. Yeah, yeah. When you for. think Disney villain, All right, let's yeah. see. They are seventeen point seven. Let's right. see where that puts them. That's, I mean, they that are puts them higher than I thought. One. No, I'm just kidding. What no. if we? Oh my gosh. Seventeen point seven. Oh, are they with Sid? No, but they oh. are tied with the Horned King. Oh, okay. From, Horned King. From Black uh, Cauldron. Or, oh, Black, Black Cauldron. Yeah. Okay. I feel like they're okay there. I think a part of the why they're high is me. So. Yeah. <laughs> anxiety got jacked Whew, up. I know. It got <laughs> me. My goodness. Uh, yeah. Right. But they are tied for 44th. All right. Is that correct? That yes. Tied for 44th. Good. Out of our 100 and, uh, nope, oh, I'm top. wrong. We're out of our 86 villains ranked. Where I forgot. So they're kind of right I in the middle. Yeah. Um, oh, before, as always, I have 100% forgotten our last question, which mm. is, do we add it to our collection in a clamshell edition, put it up on the shelf, or do we lock it away in the vault forever, never to be seen again? Mm. I, I liked, I think... It, is it the best one? No. But is it, uh, to me, a, a visual feast for the eyes? Yes. And mm-hmm. I loved it more this time than the last time. I think it deserves a third watch f- through in the future with me with no prep. 
just yeah, going, just going in, in it as an experience. If, I, if I'm yeah. kind of like, okay. And I, like I said, I could definitely see that stuff that did not happen to me this experience, but it is one I would keep. I think there's, like I said, a lot of interesting visual stuff I reference all the time in game making because I think this is some very clever landscapes, creature design, things like that, that kind of go unnoticed by, you know, it's, 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 it's a, it's a source point that I don't think a ton of people have seen. And I think more people should. Mm. Leanne, yeah. what did you think? Yeah, yeah. I, you know, despite all the character misgivings I have, you know, with the main character, I love the rest of it and the the adventure. You know, it's a very mm-hmm. solid adventure. Mm-hmm. That's watch. what I kept thinking. So. Yeah, this is an adventure movie, especially when they do the Indiana Jones trap thing with the talon or whatever at the beginning. Yeah. Or tail. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's like entertaining nonetheless. It's not one of those things where I watch I watch and I'm like, I don't think I can watch it again. Yeah. So I it would totally be something I would want to watch with Ben actually when he's a little older, maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I agree with all of that. When you watch it with Ben, you can watch it with Ben, you can watch it with Tara. You can't watch it with Tara and Ben because Tara <laughs> Stop, would be like, I no. won't. Like, I wouldn't do, do that. Do you want to know about the plaque in your Stop brain? It. Ben? I wouldn't do, do not that. Watch with a medical professional. I wouldn't do that. Okay. Uh, um, Leanne, thank you again so much for being a part of this podcast. Uh, I know we have oh, you scheduled. For me. I know we have you scheduled for some future, way down the line stuff. Uh, this is this will you are. We're we're ending uh, Disney soon, and I'm sure you're like, give me a break on this podcast. It doesn't have my name. (laughs) It should be Tara Leanne and Ryan's podcast. Oh, no, it's always fun. Um, Excited to have you. Um, We ask our guests every time if they want to plug something, whether it's a personal project, whether it's a piece of media you've been enjoying lately, or just a general sentiment you want to put out in the world. Leanne, feel free to plug away. Uh, yeah. Uh, so on Tuesday, my book's coming out. Yeah. Um, first, Tuesday, I think I might have mentioned this. like in a few days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, yeah, will, it will be out by the time this comes out. Yes. Oh, yeah. Then, yes. Uh, the So it's a graphic novel uh, that's a collection of my web comics about being pregnant. So <laughs> if you if you ever want to read something more slice of life, I guess, and then just, you know, maybe even if like you just want to see what it's like to be pregnant. You can always just read this. <laughs> what is it called? Um, first. Uh, yeah. So, um, and it's going to be published by Read Furiously. Um, and you could find it wherever books are sold. We so. will 100% put the link up on our Facebook page, up on our other social medias, um, and share it there. Uh, if for some reason you're listening to this the far future, uh, you know, just get at us and all the uh, wonderful ways you can get us is where you can contact us, which will be coming up after in a, in a few minutes near the end. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you, I will personally tell you where you can get it. I will send you the link myself. There you go. If you want to know. Um, ah. Listeners, thank you for joining us on this journey. Our next movie. I'm going to ask Tara if she knows what it is. And she absolutely does not. I don't. Uh, we will be doing another dragon picture. And that is pete's dragon the remake oh okay hopefully we will find it more entertaining than, than the, the original pete's dragon which i did of course not care you can go for. back and listen to if you want to hear one of the funniest returns from watching a movie i've ever seen where i'm like <laughs> it was great goodbye and then we fake in the episode i thought it was funny <laughs> yeah because um, we did not think it was we great. did not enjoy it a movie i enjoyed wow. growing up that i think i watched a much shorter version of i don't know um, so the I new tried, one, I tried showing that to Ben, and we both got bored. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, I kept yeah. uh, pitching it to Tara, and then the first I go, oh, it's just like Mary Poppins. It's you know, it's a lot like that. And then the first song is all about child abuse, and I was like, well, okay. Oh shoot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the one where they're like, yeah. we're gonna wow. we're gonna get them and tie them in a sack <laughs> and like, throw them away. I, I don't that. like yeah, the yeah. song or these people. For yeah. the record, I love that song. And yeah. if you again go to our link tree linktr.ee backslash tr princess diaries you can get a get a link to my spotify playlist which is <laughs> one song from every movie we've seen that i like the best and that is a song on there the grogan singing <laughs> about how is. they're gonna beat up the adopted child but anyway we are watching the new one which does not have the grogans which is set in modern times with bryce dallas howard robert redford and a cgi pete so hopefully it'll be a whole different take um, interested to see that but uh, until next time listeners thanks a lot for uh, joining us today alright thanks Leanne and take care listeners thanks for listening to Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries if you've got a Disney story to share a bone to pick with us or just want to say hello call the Princess Diaries hotline at 707-YO-TRPD-1 that's 707-968-7731 you can send us an email at trprincessdiaries at gmail.com, tweet at us at trpdiaries on Twitter, or check out our Instagram at trprincessdiaries. Join the Facebook group to post Disney memes, vote in our Disney theme brackets, and meet other fairy tale friends. Facebook.com slash groups slash trprincessdiaries. Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries are available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Wherever you hear us, please be our knight in shining armor and give us a five-star review. Check out pods.link slash trprincessdiaries for all the places you can find us on the web, including how you can support us through our coffee account or our Redbubble merchandise store. Thanks again, and until next time, remember to always live happily ever after. Uh